0: Welcome back to Pixels and Pints. Uh, We are here on a lovely sunny Sunday afternoon, um, which completely negates any lights that I have up in uh, my recording studio. Um, Yeah, I haven't even bothered turning mine on. Look at this. Daylight hours. Daytime drinking. Fuck (laughs) that. Oh, no, definitely that. Um, It's just a little duo today. You've got myself, Tom, and of course, Peter. Howdy. And we're just going to talk about the usual uh, shenanigans we get up to, some video games, some trailers, some... Deep dive into the Microsoft versus uh, FTC um, <laughs> and all the all the gossip that's come with that. It's very exciting stuff. All the bullshit. Um, we'll do a few little mini reviews, some kind of actually they most of them are uh, like halfway season reviews, which is kind of a bit, a bit interesting, a bit weird, yeah. And then uh, we'll talk about some things that piss us off in video games later, for you know those greater part of the second part of this episode. So um, yeah, that's us. That's us. Let's go. Full steam ahead.
1: That's us. Pa-pow. Pow. Crack a uh, beer. Let's, let's start with beer. I might go first, give you a chance to crack yours. Actually, I haven't even really tasted it, so that didn't work out in anyone's favour, really. That's all right. You have a taste while
0: I fill in the uh, gap with oh. this lovely pour. It is
1: lovely. What are you having? My first beer is Reckless Brewing's Red IPA. <laughs> oh, we haven't even planned to it. to start with. We haven't even planned it. Uh, I'm going to be going reds and browns today, I think. Uh, So this is 6.5%. Better red than dead, we reckon, which is why we've packed this red IPA fit to burst with the mosaic and citra hops woven around a full multi base, And that is exactly what you get. Yes. (laughs) Good. Yeah. It it, it does exactly what it says it should on the can. It's just mosaic and citra um, with kind of molasses caramel notes, I guess. But yeah. Quite high in bitterness, which is what you'd expect out of a red. Um it's a lovely red, like dark red brown color. Um and it's pretty fucking good. Excellent. But you do get you do get a solid hop hit. Um a lot of a lot of bitterness in the mid body, and then it finishes with that kind of that multi red um. I want to say molasses, but it's not not at all sweet. It's bit, it actually finishes quite dry, um, but you get that kind of flavour hit. The toffee, yeah, yeah, toffee molasses. I guess it's all kind of in the same spectrum of, of flavour profile, but without the sweetness. Like I want to stress, it's it's bitter and dry <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, good. Um, but yeah, no, excellent. I'm going to give that a big four to start. Ooh. how exciting! Well,
0: Indeed. while I said that uh, we didn't plan this, while well, Peter cracked his uh, reckless brewing red IPA, because I have also chosen a reckless beer to uh, start the episode off. Uh, instead, I'm having the BX Old, um, which is their they basically their rip on two years old. Um, it is a dark mild ale that comes in at four point four percent. It's a lovely printed on, um, assuming East Coast. Yep, yeah, as Dan would want to know, um, but it's a nice shiny. Kind of see shiny reflective gold in there. Mm. Look at that mm, lovely. Um, lovely. yeah. Uh, so this is a, a nice, sessionable dark beer, which is always what you want. Um, it is got a nice, like, rich, roasty kind of malt base in there. Um, there's a bit of sweetness to it, not a whole lot. Uh, it's very pleasant. It does pour, you know, dark as the mm. night, which is which is fantastic. Um, incredibly Moorish. Like, I had one little sip and I'm ready to, to guzzle this down. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you would definitely be going back for a second or third pint of this if you were sitting out in the freezing tundra that is Bathurst um, <laughs> or you ascend the mountain. Uh, yeah, I'm giving, I'm going to give that also
1: a solid four. Well done, Reckless. Nice. Two nice. straight off the bat. I've got a few Reckless in the fridge today, but we'll see, we'll see how we go. I've got Bad Shepherd next. Ooh. So I'm, I'm doing a couple of reds and then I'm going to do a couple of browns.
0: They say some coffee in this. I, I, I'm not getting a, like a smack of coffee. It's definitely there in the roasty like malt notes, but um, probably for, for the better, you wouldn't want too much like coffee bitterness in this. But yeah, this is... Yeah.
1: You'd tip into real dark stout kind of territory too easily with too much coffee.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, goddamn! Going back for more.
1: That's this good. Shall we kick off with some news?
0: Yeah, let's dive into this Microsoft versus FTC big fight. This is bigger than Zuckerberg versus Musk, I'm telling you now. We interrupt this broadcast with some breaking news from the front.
1: This Although there's been some movement in that space recently too with Zuck finally, like his, I think it's his first Twitter, Twitter post in several years. He put up yes. the, the, the two Spider-Men. The Spider-Man cartoon. point yeah. off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. After anyway. they've one of these
0: threads, is that
1: it? That's the new... The Twitter killer, Twitter killer well, 3.0. And the other thing is um, apparently the only reason we didn't get a new Ahsoka trailer was because Musk recently made more Twitter changes that basically broke Twitter. And that is the only reason we don't have an Ahsoka trailer. They just, de- <laughs> they just decided, well, why, like millions and millions of people can't access Twitter feeds at the moment and it's crashing and, you know, people mm-hmm. aren't seeing a whole lot of- why would we drop a really important trailer in the midst of all that bullshit and have like 90% of our audience not see it? Yeah. G- good call, but fucking frustrating. Have how how you old school a- go back to the YouTubes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, how we ended up in this pissing contest between those two people. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope it actually ends up as a pissing contest and they're just pissing on each other because they (laughs) piss me off. Coming full circle, back to the pissing contest, FTC versus Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, The funniest thing for me
0: is the first bit I put in there, which is Sony needs (laughs) to learn how to redact properly. Obviously, they haven't employed anyone from the CIA or FBI in the last 20 years to help them because, by all accounts, they just took a Sharpie to it for these financial documents. And when they scanned them in for the court, it shone right through, and you could see all these financial like <laughs> notes that they were trying to keep probably hidden. Um, some significant like figures in there, um, especially around development costs of some of their bigger like releases recently. So Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden West, cost them uh, two point no, two hundred twelve million US over five years, and they had three hundred employees working on it. Um, wow. Last of Us Two development was uh, 220 million. Uh, same time period, 200 employees. Um, this is the one that blew me away. Uh, Call of Duty, like each friend, each release, it was, maybe I think it's as a collective, is worth US 15.9 billion to Sony
1: J- and PlayStation. Jesus Christ, 15.9 billion. And now you can understand why Sony is so strongly fighting the whole Microsoft purchase of. Yeah, Activision and Blizzard, especially on that,
0: Sony have said that they have over a million users yeah. who only use their Playstations to play Call of Duty. Yep. So there's a million people out there with a PlayStation who only put Call of Duty games onto it. Which, I, I that's which that's, is mind that, blowing in itself, right? that's, yeah, a, that's, that's some a, sort of would, endo- they 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 need serious help. Like there's <laughs> so many other good yeah, titles on on exactly. on any of these systems.
1: <laughs> It's mind-blowing wow. that you could buy a console and only play one game permanently. I mean, you know, Dan comes close with Witcher, but, but that's a multi, multi-console <laughs> decision. But I think he also is playing it over multiple consoles and PCs yeah.
0: as well. So, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. that counts, like, yeah. But,
1: but, but yeah.
0: That's astonishing, $15.9 billion, especially when the gaming industry, I think, last year made, it was like $240 billion globally. So, yeah. that chunk of it to be like, you know, $16 billion of that to be just for Call of Duty for PlayStation, it's insane. It's insane. And like I remember, you know, being at a, working at EB Games and working a launch night for Call of Duty, and it was like a party. Like it was just yeah. full. Of, like people waiting at the door, champing a bit to get it to rush home to start, you know, start their grind to prestige. So it's um, it's definitely it's still a phenomenon after what 15, 16, 20 years. Like how how well, long it's been going I'd on? I have
1: to be twenty, surely. Yeah. So but that's I-
0: that's some crazy fucking figures.
1: And I'd be interested to know what the margin on a PS5 is. It was reported way, way back, and I've been Googling in the background while you've been talking. Um, Back in, like, 2021, um, they had broken even on PS5 and were then into profit area. Hmm. So they are making a slight profit on the actual hardware sale, the console sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Notwithstanding all of the, you know, with with Call of Duty, all of the controllers that you'd burn through. If you're playing competitively, as soon as you get drift, controller goes in the bin, you buy another one. Uh, and that's where they're making money off all the accessories. So, uh, over a million people constantly replacing controllers. You know, adding peripherals. Competitive. I mean, that's why you've got a four hundred and fifty dollars fucking yeah, four hundred and fifty option, yeah, yeah. four hundred and fifty dollars option for your professional controller. Now, like they're making a fuckload out of that. Absolutely. So, so yeah, you can understand why they're fighting the the acquisition.
0: Hmm. Um, it goes off. Oh, we've got a few points on this. It goes on. So uh, Phil Spencer, who's the head of Xbox for those playing at home, um, has said in, in this recent trial, so uh, the FTC won their, we talked about this last episode, they won their uh, um, their appeal to, to, to extend the time they had to review it. So yep. this all kind of went to trial around the 23rd of June. Um, so he said in, I think it was day one or two of that trial, Microsoft have lost the console wars to Sony and Nintendo. So that's good. So people can stop going on about that because it's always been a pretty dumb thing. It's just buy whatever console you like. They're, they're, you know, at this stage, they are all relatively the same. There are some slight differences, but you know, yeah, especially between the Xbox and the PS five in, in, in that scape. Um, uh, the one I think I, was, I felt mm, a bit bad for you really it sting made me. you. <laughs> <laughs> so Microsoft he uh, said they acquired Bethesda after learning Starfield was originally going to be a PS exclusive. Um so you know that would have been nice if it hadn't been an exclusive, and then you don't have to get your little mini fridge to play it. But
1: it but it just goes to show that these developers, and I don't I'm not picking on Microsoft here, both of them. Are prepared to buy whole studio houses to mm. block out, to either stop exclusivity or create exclusivity. Yeah, like it's yeah. exactly what we as consumers should have been worried about from the start, or have been worried about from the start. It's the exact behaviour we we were worried was going on, and this kind of confirms it.
0: hundred oh, like percent. A bunch, a bunch of the execs on both sides have come out and said exclusivity is stupid. We hate it. It. it- it's, a det- but, but- it's detrimental to the business. Like, we never should have gone down that road, but it's, you know, kind of too
1: late now to turn around. It's like, well, yeah. is it too late to turn around now? Like, but Microsoft buying Bethesda was not a small amount of money to spend. And if they're no, saying I- they did that primarily because of Starfield, that's an excruciating amount of money to buy one video game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, if, if the FTC wins, wins, um, and the deal yep. doesn't go through, it's still, it's already going to cost Microsoft like $3 billion because they have to.
1: Pay back Activision or so. I don't know. There was a lot of. So it's a lot of judgment on there, but. I just looked it up. It's $7.5 billion Microsoft spent on the Bethesda acquisition. Yeah. So if they There's the no acti- fucking way the, they're, they're making. There's there's no way they're making that money back on Starfield, though. So it's. It's. It. It. it that might have been the, the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of acquisition. But yeah, you yeah. think about all the other IP. I mean, Fallout makes a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Um, Skyrim, everyone's waiting for the next Elder Scrolls. Game, and that is really there are three trick pony when you think about it. Star Citizen's the first first net new IP in like 20 something years, I think they said. Mm. Starfield, they... not Star Citizen. Starfield, <laughs> sorry, keep getting, keep getting, confused. Star something, Star Trek, Star Wars. Star something, yeah. Um, but yeah, between Fallout and, mm. and, um, uh, the Elder Scrolls, that's been Bethesda's intellectual property for forever, yeah. Um, so Starfield represents the first net new one for a while. Anyway. um and yeah and the activision
0: side of it with with the call of duties and all the other things they publish is obviously that's a big money draw card for them but yeah yeah if yeah. it doesn't if it doesn't go ahead then or if it gets blocked then they yeah they're saying about like uh, Microsoft will owe Activision for failing to meet the terms of the deal they'll owe them like three billion dollars or something um, well
1: now that it's public you've got to I mean because all of these are publicly trading companies right so mm. there would be a fine involved in announcing it yeah and then pulling out because it has a massive Impact on shareholder value for both sides of that that acquisition. Yeah, right. So there's got to be penalties paid out to the shareholders to say, well, now the acquisition's not happening. We're not going to convert those shares to MS. Or I'm not sure how the deal structure, but that's typically how it would happen. Mm. So I'm not surprised there'd be fines or yeah, you know, payout costs, ba- backing out of deal costs or anything. But yeah, mm. um, on
0: Activision, the, if the deal does go ahead, Sony has stated they will not be sharing. Uh, um, progress details of the p s six for of course not. Yeah. Uh, it'd be too close to home
1: um, or to the enemy. Uh, so yeah. so just on that. So so, I don't know if we we explain that well. So, um in order to allow game studios to best tweak their game for individual console hardware, mm. when you're coming up to the next generational release of a console platform, um quite frequently, the uh, Sony and and Microsoft and Nintendo will share the specs of their next platform before it's made public to those game houses. So they can tweak their hardware settings for the next generation. Yeah. These days, that's easy, relatively easy to do because most game hardware, like certainly the, the Xbox series S and X Mm -hmm. and the PS five are basically PCs. They use NVIDIA or, or uh, ATI graphics cards. They use, you know, Standard CPUs. Nothing's really proprietary anymore, other than the actual mainboard layout. So yeah. it's quite easy to build a PC to the spec, the exact spec of an Xbox or a, or a or a uh, PlayStation next gen, just by knowing what the specs are. But obviously, you wouldn't hand that out to the studio building Call of Duty if that studio was now owned by the fucking competition. Yeah, your
0: direct competitor, yeah.
1: Now you're telling your direct competitor what your next-gen hardware spec is. And we, we saw the pissing contest going on between Microsoft and Sony mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the PS5 and Xbox Series X lead-up lead to, to launch. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Everyone was speculating as who's going to have the better spec. So that's, that's material, really, to the conversation but
0: would they um in, in that cuz would would they cuz you know how they send out those developer units of the console before that would yep. that be sharing those specs before they send out those developers? I would units? assume so I yeah. would assume so
1: yeah cuz before you before you're building out sorry before you're at a point where you build a, a dev unit you're mm. you've already written, like you've already finalized what spec is it's going to be on paper yeah, because those demo units or those those development units are produced on mass, like they're making a million of them. So hmm. by the time they're buying them or, or building them, yeah, they would have they would have had to have settled on the the hardware spec well before that.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, there we go. That's a little bit on on that. Um,
1: I love the next little tidbit. Well, this is just, you.
0: you you put this in, yeah, yeah.
1: So Microsoft seems to have accidentally revealed on behalf of PlayStation that the PS Five Slims on its way. Um, and potentially actually, PS5 Pro. I think I read on that as well. I didn't see the Pro. Mm. Um, well, I don't I mean, know what, it'd follow suit. It know. would. I just don't know. I mean, the the PlayStation Five hardware spec is pretty fucking good. I don't know yeah. what they would cram into a Pro, but but certainly they they mentioned uh, the upcoming PlayStation Five Slim um, when they were talking about the price points of various game consoles. Mm. Um, and so they were, they were. basically said that it was uh, the PS5 Slim would be pitched at the same price as the uh, uh, digital-only version of the PlayStation 5 and mm-hmm. roughly the same cost as... They we're talking about low-cost versions of their consoles. Yeah, so yeah. the Series S was pitched at about the same price as a Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. uh, and is actually cheaper than the Switch OLED. So, right. yeah, anyway...
0: Um, and then the last little bit of this, because we'll, we'll leave it until we hear of an actual ruling, which they said should be out in the next week or so. Um, mm. The they'll, they'll judge will have uh, finally deliberated on it. Uh, but Elder Scrolls 6, which we talked about earlier, is
1: uh, still at least five years away, they reckon.
0: Which is um, crazy
1: to me. Like, yeah. that's a long fucking time between uh, games. Yeah. Because when was Skyrim? That must have been 2018, 2019? Uh, no, Skyrim was 2013 because it just Jesus. released the 10-year anniversary edition. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're Um, talking 21 years. No, that's (laughs) 21 will take you to, so sorry, 2013, right? Yeah. But it's 10 years now. So to take it, it'd be about 15. 15. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I reckon, yeah. Fucking hell. Which would line up with uh, being 2028, which where they've now said, Phil Spencer said that that's when he slates for the release of the next generation of consoles. So the, you know, PS6 and the, Xbox Series Double X, Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, X. I was going <laughs> to say the
1: yeah the Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, the Xbox Vin Diesel. Um, and the other we, the weirdest bit of news that came out of the whole thing was that apparently Xbox spent a fuck ton of money or put a like a really serious push behind trying to acquire Sega, of all companies.
1: That's so random though. Yeah, yeah, out of the That's blue. So like, fucking yeah. random. I um, um, I guess, I just, the, I guess I, they're real fans of Sonic. Just love him. What else are you buying there these days? Oh, I mean, sh- Sega. Sega's had its heyday, they, and they were an amazing games house and, and console house in their day. But in their day, their, yeah, their days come and gone. Let's be real. Um, I find it interesting that Elder Scrolls. If if Elder Scrolls Six comes out, like coincides with the launch of the, the next generation of consoles, then mm. it will. Com- so so the Elder Scroll series will completely skip the PlayStation Five generation entirely.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it would, or it'd be like um a Last of Us coming or a out. dual release, yeah, yeah. coming up right on the the edge. So if you get a PS6 or whatever, you could, well, that's if they ever release it on PlayStation. That's the other thing. Well, yeah, yeah, true. If this all true. goes ahead, then it might just be might- a
1: Series X plus Triple X, fucking kind of and PC, you know, ex- yeah, the- PC
0: exclusive because yeah. of that. But yeah, so I mean, fingers crossed that by the end of it, they all turn around and you know have a big laugh at the end and go <laughs> exclusivity. Uh, fuck that we're idiots yeah. let's yeah. just share yeah. everything like well, it's unlikely, the amount of yeah. games that i've played over the years when my mates had xboxes i'd be like fuck i wish you could just play this game like you know and there's certain xbox titles that i would really like to have played over the years like you know we talked about some of our favorites before like we're gonna fable talk about that me. at the end of
1: this episode too
0: yeah like fable series would have loved to have played more of them because i loved the first one when i played it and you know mm. um halo was always great uh, I remember playing the trilogy. Like, I wouldn't mind playing the rest of them as they came yeah, out. Yeah, I haven't played
1: Halo since 3 either, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah. I haven't touched the yeah, other ones. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, anyway, moving on. Uh, little uh, EA games uh, decided they're going to split into two divisions, which I think is almost like a going it, back to what they yeah, were. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, that's how it started. It was yeah. EA Sports was completely separate from EA. Yeah,
0: so now they're going back to EA Sports and then EA Entertainment. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, good luck to them. Good luck to them. I think, uh, you know, obviously they have their yearly releases of EA Sports titles, which are mm. which are pretty big for them. Um, and if they have a separate studio or part of that studio devoted to their, you know, Battlefield and Star Wars properties, um, Apex Legends is apparently their other, like, really big game that's that's the EA one at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, yeah fine. But I, I, uh, I'm guessing EA Sports would cover... To cover, you know, Madden, baseball, FIFA,
1: FIFA. Like, I, I wonder do where need, need, for,
0: need for Speed would
1: fall into that. Oh, that's it's got to be in the got to be in the EA Entertainment side, surely.
0: Oh, I don't know, it's not <laughs> like,
1: a sports game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's Arcade racing, so I, I don't know. It's it's actually one of those interesting ones. You don't know where that would fall, but um, mm. yeah. Um, so yes, that's that's what's happening with EA games. Good on them. Hopefully, they bring back the It's in the game because um, <laughs>
1: everyone loved that growing up. Um, They've lost the FIFA rights, or at least the the rights to the logo. Mm.
0: Um, Classic
1: FIFA board and air
0: corruption. That's a whole different story. Um, (laughs) In good news for us back home, uh, the digital games tax offset has passed in the Australian Senate. Uh, This is going to offer a 30% refundable tax offset to eligible game developers that spend a minimum of $500,000 on qualifying Australian development expenditure for new eligible games. Or on live ops updates across a suite of released eligible games. So this is basically a massive push into
1: building up the, the games Australian development game studio, development. Uh, the, which is the great. Games industry, yeah, and, and it's very it, similar to what they did with the film industry to get yeah, the the, yeah. the big film houses stood up for Hollywood. And so
0: everything I've seen on it at the moment is just like standing up, applauding, like from the Australian games industry, being like, finally, like it's it's a recognition that we've been waiting for, um, and it's going to hopefully. Like bring a big push of of not only like new games coming from Australian developers, but a hu- huge heap of jobs for those who mm. really want to break into the Australian game development like scene or game development scene globally. Yep. Um, so yeah, hopefully that brings and, and yeah, I imagine it would bring a few international big studios like back to Australian shores to create some of those uh, things over here. And now all those sub studios, kind of,
1: like if you look at yeah. Ubisoft for example, they've got Ubisoft Montreal, they've got U- yep. like they've got Ubisoft studios all over all over the world. It'd be not, I'm not, and I'm not specifically talking about Ubisoft. They're just the example, but to have yeah. studio splinter like studios here in Australia mm. would be fantastic for those. Big yeah. names. So that's exciting.
0: Like you know, personally, like an like oath.
1: I mean, it justifies. I mean, there's 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 uni degrees in Australia around the games industry, but once mm. you finish, you pretty much either work for Nix on you know on on projects that are always going to be indie or you have to try and break into the U.S. industry, which is a, such or a European big competitive industry. industry. Yeah, it yeah. May, it yeah. may as well be trying to break into Hollywood. Yeah. It happens, but it happens at like, you know, 0.001% of the time. So, mm. no, I think that's fucking great news, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I'd, I'd 100% would jump off the uh, Australian hospitality scene to jump into the Australian game scene. Like, that would be yeah, super. Yeah. yeah. Very fun. Um. Oh yes, it's time for my favorite bit of news. Always, <laughs> <laughs> there's some new PS Plus titles for people. Um, mm. The Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is uh, one of the the main title this 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 month. So if you are one of those million people worldwide who only use PlayStation <laughs> for Call of Duty and you don't have this one, there you go. Happy days. Um, yep. um, Alan Wake, play, though, uh, Alan Wake Two was uh, announced yeah. during the State of Play, so. Real horror vibes, so for those uh, who really love a horror game, get into that.
1: Um, It's very clearly timed for Alan Wake 2. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So it's uh, very, very relevant. Very relevant, and, uh, you know, having played Control, which is also part of that universe, um, it's definitely one one I'm going to save. I'll I'll see if I get into it. Um, And the last one looked like an indie title uh, called Endling Extinction is Forever, where you play as a... It's like a fox and you got your little litter and you have to survive day to day as like the world builds up around you. So, you know, um, it'll probably have a pretty strong eco message in that one. Um, What does the fox say?
1: No, don't do it, Tom. Don't do it. You've (laughs) learned. Well done. Really held that one in. I'm I'm impressed. (laughs) I'm genuinely impressed. Uh,
0: and a little a little last little bit from me that uh, I was going to, I'm actually going to quiz you on this one, Peter. Um, so our remake, remaster, rebuild train keeps rolling mm. on. Mm. Um, RDR1 is apparently slated for a re-release, which is, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a full rebuild, just a remaster, just a port to newer console. I
1: So I one regret I have uh, for RDR1 is I got all of the, like I invested the shit tons of hours it took mm. to get all of the trophies for the single player. Um, And by the time I got to the multiplayer part to get the platinum, everyone had quit the game or was just hacking to the point where the game was unplayable. Like you'd literally spawn (laughs) in and just get ganked, spawn in, gank, spawn in, gank. So if they were to re-release it with new trophies or a new trophy set, then I'd be keen to go back and try and plat that because it's one on my list that I wish I'd been able to plat.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they took out. They did that with Last of Us remastered. They they took out all the mm. multiplayer, didn't they? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, they yeah they took it out, and I wouldn't even mind if they if they left. Well, I'd prefer they took out multiplayer trophies, frankly, from yes. rdl One. But if they left it in, but reset it and had new server set up, a whole bunch of other people would be trying to platinum the game,
2: mm.
1: and you know presumably would be online, so I'd have a second shot at that trophy. Having said that, that's. And that's a much more palatable way for me to want to go back to an old game and replay it if they do re- rebuild it. So yeah. updated graphics, uh, you know, maybe sprinkle in some changes to the storyline or some extra side quests and shit. Um, yeah. As opposed to the only Assassin's Creed game ever released that I don't have a Platinum for, which is Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. They they relaunched on PlayStation 4 and 5. hmm um, and took out the multiplayer trophies. So I could go back and platinum that now, whereas I never managed to get the platinum the first time around due to some online trophy issues. Mm-hmm. But because I haven't remastered it, the poxy graphics, it just <laughs> it just looks like a fucking train wreck. It really yeah. does. Um, it's aged really badly. And it was an early PS3 gen game. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not unreasonable. It's just playing it in a PS5 environment is just really tough. Really I mean, you talk are talking you. to the guy who went back and played
0: Star Wars Episode One: Racer on his PS5, which was a 64 title. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. But that, I, that was, that was also pure, of- that was pure nostalgia of just like <laughs> this looks like an N64 title. Why am I using a PlayStation Five to play this? <laughs> this is dumb, but this is also really fun.
1: And having said that, when I when I do have time to sit down and, and play an old game, and I do get nostalgic from time to time. Yeah, AC Brotherhood. AC 2 Brotherhood and Revelations are what ignited my passion for so many parts of my life. It's not just video game related. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind actually going back and playing it again. So I, it's on my list. And I've, da- I've, I've saved it from my PS Plus list, mm-hmm. so it's in there for free. Uh, I will go back and do that at some point. Yeah, good. Which segues well into your next little, little tidbit on this topic.
0: Yeah. Guess which AC title they're talking about doing a full remaster for.
1: Oh, tell me it's the original. Nah, nah, nah. It so badly needs it. It's still the best fucking game in the in the series. What are they gonna do? Like Origins? Nope. Hit me with it.
2: Four baby pirates. Black
1: Back flag. on the high seas. <laughs> Does it? I, I feel like that's too early. That was one of the first PS4 titles I had. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's too early to it was do a, a remake PS4 title. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I, I I think you could also buy it for PS3. It might have been one of those ones that rubbed shoulders on both sides of that. Yeah. So Ooh, apparent, like yeah, GTA, Black
0: Flags, like the forerunner for the AC game that decided to to remaster, remaster yeah, right. rebuild. I'm not sure they did. they weren't very clear on the language there. but
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, mean, it was a brilliant fucking game. Oh, it was right. sailing
0: across the sea. Sea shanties going was yeah, was second to none. That that was. Mm. I remember sitting in our we were in our apartment in Potts Point back then. And Emma would just come home and she'd be like, there's a few beer cans empty and I can hear sea shanties. So I think Tom's really gotten into this
1: one. And, um, yeah, you can tell when Tom's had too many cans because he's singing along. Yes. <laughs> um, um, early yeah, stages apparently- as, as a remake. Uh, Ubisoft yep. Singapore are working on it, apparently. There you go. What was the standalone game that took the purportedly took the um, the sailing engine and made it into its own standalone game? That's the one that hasn't released yet. It still hasn't released. No,
0: because they were no, talking. See, not Sea of Thieves. That's the other. Xbox I was going to
1: say it was talked about at the. It was Skull, Skull and Bones.
0: Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones is the. Skull and Bones. Yeah. Skull and Bones is the one that's coming out, and it's yeah, it's it's taken that all. Yeah, look. As much as I loved playing Odyssey and, and sailing around in my trireme, like the the Greek sea shanties never stood up to the
1: pirate ones. So the Greek the Greek naval warfare never stood up to the pirates' warfare. Yes. And, like, the concepts were the same and they did extend the game mechanics, but it's just Greek ships. I mean, you, you're going back a few hundred years and the technology mm. just wasn't nearly as cool to play as a video game. It's just that simple. Yeah. Um, Skull, I'm sure Skull and Bones was was announced and discussed at the same E3 as Sea of Thieves, and yet Sea of Thieves yeah, are up to like their fifth been, expansion pack, and these fuckers still haven't released the game. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it was pushed anyway. back
0: again at the last... They talked about it at the last <laughs> Ubisoft... Uh, Thing the game show award thing a couple of weeks ago, and it's been pushed back again. It's, uh, yeah, it's been stuck in some sort of development hell.
1: Releases 31st of December 23, so they're taking pre-orders at JB right now.
0: Yes, the good old 31st of December pre-order date. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, a good exactly. placeholder. Well done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on.
0: Oh, no, speaking we always of say develop we- actually, I have some sad news that I just remembered, and it's made me sad again. Um, speaking of games that have been stuck in development hell that you're particularly excited for, I don't know if you saw this, but the game director behind Beyond Good and Evil 2 unfortunately passed away at the age of 40 the other week.
1: Oh, wow. That's yeah. really young.
0: Really young. Apparently, had some health complications, but, yeah, um, that is that is very sad news for the team sad. as well, especially because they, by all accounts, were... Like the report said, they were still working on it. I don't know if they'd like completely cut the team back or something. But you wonder now if, like, you know, if you lose your game director,
1: it's, um, it, I mean, I, or would you release it? I'm going to phrase this, yeah. I'm going to phrase this poorly and, and I'm, I don't mean to, but, but, um, it might be the good reason to shelve that game forever that they've been kind of needing to, because they've needed to shelve it. I mean, it's, it's been five years, guys. You've got nothing to show. Hmm. Um, that might be the the reason they shove it yeah or they put a bunch of stuff
0: behind it and release in his honor so you never know it's uh but yeah it's a bit of sad news so he thoughts of his family and and his team that he worked with like it's mm-hmm. yeah and they those teams work pretty closely so to lose someone like that it's would be Massively devastating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those studios are pretty small when they all those working groups on games are pretty yeah, small. Yeah. I mean, we're talking just, you were saying before, it, like super AAA titles, talking a team of 200 or 300, you'd have to assume that smaller titles are maybe 100 people. That's an office. That's one office. Yeah. I can categorically say there's, what, 60 people in my head office and I know every single person. Yep. Not on a personal level, but I know them and I know their names and we've had conversations. Yeah. So it's, Yeah. 100 people as a team, you'd absolutely probably know everyone.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, that is a bit sad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move into some, I, I think, is good news. I was a bit concerned um, about the, with the acquisition or the the kind of bringing Deadpool 3 into the core Disney umbrella mm. um, that, the hard r that we've enjoyed so much in Deadpool 1 and 2 would turn into a bit of a soft r kind of hard ma ma 15 yeah, yeah yeah uh but uh so i am going to pronounce his name wrong i think it's uh karen or karen sonny who plays tapinder mm-hmm. so it's it's obviously a hindu name um uh has confirmed that Deadpool 3 is a hard fucking r and that they've continued to push that boundary the way that they did in the last couple of games in terms of what what gets an r rating yeah. um he said the only difference between, uh, was it Fox slash Marvel Studios? I yeah, think it was did a, the first it was Fox term?
0: umbrella of, that yep. had yeah, licensed yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so the only difference between working for them versus Disney has been that they didn't give him a full copy of the script for Deadpool 3. And you can which blame fucking
0: was- Tom Holland for that one, can't <laughs> you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just Tom Holland. Who was the other blabberer? I think it was- uh, um, It was- um, Was it Hulk? Um, yeah, yeah. Can't remember his name. That's terrible. Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Thank you. Um, so daytime drinking hits different. <laughs> it does. Uh,
0: yeah. He he. In an interview before Endgame was like, everyone dies, and they and then it's um, <laughs> yeah, right. Don 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 Childe's there, and he's like, dude, what the fuck? Like they're gonna kill you. Um, and, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I'm I'm joking, right? Surely I'm joking. And then yeah,
1: I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's I think it's cool uh, that they are sticking to a hard R because yeah. Deadpool just wouldn't work without it. No, um, no, I saw you added a little tidbit on the end there. Mm-hmm. You confused as I am. Good. No, I, I'm not. I I avoided all of the rumor mill around Deadpool three because mm. I don't know that that's confirmed news. It is. It was confirmed on uh, Max. So effort. what is it? That, what is it that's confirmed? The confirmed is that Jennifer Garner
0: is back as Elektra.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm. So I also saw rumors that um uh. They might get um, Ben Affleck back as Deadpool. Uh, that uh, Magneto. Uh, so um, Jesus, who plays apparently um, Hall- Yeah, Halle Berry's apparently sporting Berry, a storm-like haircut. James Patrick Marsden's Stewart, been approached. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Stewart is, as as uh, Professor Xavier. Um, what's his name? Ian McKellen for Magneto. Um, there's lots of rumors around shit, tons of cameos, but they are likely to just be cameos. So um, they're, they're talking because they've they've have cast.
0: Hiddleston and Owen Wilson as their TVA as Loki yes. and, and Mobius. So they're talking yes. about it's going to be a Mobius time is definitely a, there um, a, a time time jumping story.
1: It's going to be a multiverse story, multiverse um, time travel, Kang's, Megasonic the teenage warheads. Course, definitely, yeah. definitely signed on. Um, yeah. I actually think this will be because it's multiverse multiverse spanning. Uh, multi mess be- is actually a very good term for any multiversal story. Multi mess. I, I think we should coin that. Yeah, the multi mess. Um, yeah. This will be the perfect way to bring the X Men in to yeah. the Marvel the MCU. This will, I reckon, this will be the vehicle to bring it in. Um, I mean, you've got you. We know well, Wolverine's in, right? You can't not talk about mutants now.
0: You've mentioned them and you've mentioned X Men in in Miss Marvel. You've talked about mutants before now in. We're already stories. getting
1: crossovers of actors. You've got X Men in in and now. Um, you've got fucking Dr. Wolverine. Strange. Yeah,
0: if yeah, you can't be like, oh yeah, no, it's just a a, a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah, Wolverine's yeah. a miracle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no,
1: no. There's there's too there's too many uh, there's well actually we'll talk about um it a little later in trailer trash but but looking at Craven the Hunter, he's very clearly a mutant. <laughs>
0: yeah, what the fuck is on there?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's um, move on. Uh- <laughs> yes, that was sorry. So
0: Jennifer Garner has been confirmed via Ryan Reynolds' um, studio. Maximum effort. They released. I haven't it seen her in
1: anything for a long time.
0: Last thing she was in was um, the Adam Project that I saw her in, which was. The oh, Ryan and Reynolds there was
1: thing. another. There was a TV series I think she was in as well that I yeah. bailed on anyway.
0: Yeah. Last little bit of news because uh, mm. we will talk about this a little bit here shortly. Um, is the um, showrunner for uh, Witcher? The main show, excuse me, that was disgusting. Um, Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I know. apologies. Uh, Henry Cavill's exit from the Witcher series will apparently be law accurate and flawless Um, if you're a fan of the books. They have said that it is a fan of the books. Now, my theory is how they're going to change from Cavill to Hemsworth is that Cavill at one point is going to get injured and then his hands are going to start
1: to glow and then his head's (laughs) going to look
2: up. (laughs)
1: And he's <laughs> gonna time lord it. He's gonna time lord the, the timey like. wimy energy is gonna burst <laughs> out of him. <laughs> and he's gonna the hairs. He's gonna run his hand through his hair. And he goes, "I'm a girl," and oh no, 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 not a girl. Yeah, um, yeah no. I, I just I call bullshit.
0: But they've also said it's going to be very meta, whatever the fuck that means. Anyways, yes. it's a good thing yeah. Dan's not here because I don't yeah. need a three hour lecture on
1: that. I've <laughs> got to be thing. honest. So, so I've been. Uh, I don't know what like it, it's my fault it's something that I or things that I've typed into the YouTube algorithm in the past but I do get offered videos on Cowpages. the Cavil backlash <laughs> yeah hooves um the 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 <laughs> Cavil backlash of yeah. and and their videos and I watched one the other day I kind of just skipped through and skimmed through it cuz it's like a 25 minute video hmm. and I thought it would contain actual information it's just a guy wanking on about it but it basically he he was Reacting to somebody else's interview with the supporting cast, so they had Yannifer and Siri in, hmm. in in an interview, yeah. and, uh, and 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 um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Yeskia. Thank you, Yeskia. Hmm. Um, that was right. It was the three actors, and and someone was interviewing them. They were talking about Cavill leaving, and it was so. The main video I was watching was in response to Hollywood is trying to to basically. Pin everything on Cavill that he, and, and try and ruin his career. This is this is the title of the video. You know, Hollywood nice. trying to assassinate Cavill's career um, and supporting cast strike back. But I got it, and I don't know what. Hollywood is saying negatively about you. Yeah, love a bit of clickbait titles, uh, yeah, don't right, you there,
0: YouTube, YouTube dude.
1: <laughs> but I, but I can't be fucked looking up the videos or, or or anything about what they're saying to kind of commit character assassination on Cavill. Hmm. But what I can tell you was the interview with the supporting cast. It was very clear that they were defending Cavill. They weren't supporting Cavill. They were defending him. So yeah, whatever right. has been said, they were like, I don't actually know how to be Jennifer without Cavill there. Yeah. Like, and, and Siri said much the same thing. So anyway, lots of ugliness, unfortunately, surrounding all of that. There and is. And it is ugly.
0: Yeah. And It's just not what you need. You just want your stories to be told. You want to watch your stories and have a good time.
1: <gasps> I've just spilt. I've just sprayed beer all over my fucking screen.
0: No, ah, no, good. Well, while you clean that up, we'll uh, we'll actually, we might as well go s- into the review scene as we're talking splurged. about which
1: is season three. Um, well, we're going into a next beer, aren't we?
0: Yeah, but while we clean up, and I crack my, you know, I'm not just saying, that's what we're going to start talking about.
1: Need some wet Huzzah! ones.
0: Ah, did it again. Cracked the beer open. <laughs> well done, Thomas. Boy, um, yes, have
1: you let's yours? talk about. No, I'm still, still still mopping up. Mopping up. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah.
0: Um, well, yes, yeah, so we're going to start talking about Witcher season three, part one, volume one, yeah, whatever you volume wanna, one, yep. whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, yeah, the the bookend. Episodes were the
1: best. Completely me. agree.
0: Yeah, the Completely middle agree. kind of faltered, and, and, and you know we've obviously half heard from uh, from from Dan around his his take on it. Um, but uh, yeah, that that last episode, episode five, was so the enjoyable. Of the yeah. same
1: story, like yeah,
0: I love uh, those kind of stories where it's you know you see it once, then you go back and see it from side angle A, and then you go back and see it from side angle B. I thought I thought it was very very I cleverly think- done and and really well done.
1: So, so I'm going to start by saying I thoroughly enjoyed that last episode, episode five, as well. But I think they pushed the boundaries on that concept in terms of the layered cake kind of expose, where you have multiple characters attend the same party, Mm. split off into various conversations, and kind of then, you know, two people have a conversation, then split off and have conversations with two other people. And so, you kind of reveal the story in layers. Hmm. But I think they pushed the boundary a little too far because there were times where the same characters that we'd already seen, like Yennefer and and, and Geralt, were hmm. having a conversation in the first layer and then four layers later, they're having the same conversation, but they reveal the bit that happened before the bit that they'd already revealed. And it's like, that's not a whole layer. That's just that's just kind of a bit. It's like a when little, you're peeling an onion and a little bit a of little skin cheap. gets left on, you're going to go, oh, there
2: it is. Yeah, right, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. only fine at the end, Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I just, it felt a little little like they were pushing it a little bit too far. But no, I, I found the first episode and the fifth and the fifth episode fucking brilliant. The mm-hmm. fighting scenes in the first the, episode were so. That spectacular. choreography
0: was fantastic. And I found that throughout. I, I really enjoyed that. I um I will say I did have a, <laughs> a really good chuckle at the completely extra band that Yaskia hated, the new band that came in. <laughs> like when yeah. they when they did the flex, like caught yep. onto the boat. I lost it. I think I spat out some of the beer I was having at the time. Um, <laughs> we uh, we did smash through it. I don't know if you smashed it. We watched the first episode like the day after it came I out. I
1: binged it. No, well, no, so I didn't. I, I watched the, every episode yesterday. Yeah, right. So we watched one and then I had a
0: absolutely soul-crushing hangover and we smashed through the last four while we ate my own body weight and grilled. Um, it was great. <laughs> but it was, it was it definitely was one of those ones where it was like, Normally, I'm very slow-paced with TV, as you guys know, mm. but I was just like, fuck it, yeah, let's go next. And I even said to Emma before we sat down and watched the last four, would be like, let's get through two and then see, you know, how my brain's feeling. And it was just like, almost like just cured me, like re-put my head together. I was like, no, no I need <laughs> to know what happens right now. Like, let's go through. Um, it was, but it was like, it was definitely a reverse bell curve, that, that first part. But it, it wasn't really terrible.
1: T- the episodes two, three, and four weren't terrible. I, yeah. I, I just found, and, and so you had the druid and the, and the werewolf episode, which I think was episode four. Dan said that he particularly didn't. That was three, wasn't it? I think that was three. Because that's the one he said was he thought was dog shit. Maybe it was three. Yeah, he did say it was dog shit. I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I just thought that. I. So so they've very clearly this season, this first half of this season, they've mm. very clearly embraced the political intrigue part of the original yes. Witcher yeah. stories. mm Uh, And if you listen to Dan talk, Witcher 1 and Witcher 2, I think in particular Witcher 2 is very much a political, like kingdom political thriller rather than an action story that we got in Witcher 3. Mm. And they've very much embraced that. They they had embraced it in in season one with all the time jumps and shit and confuse the fuck out of people. I have to admit, not being as close to the lore as Dan and having not watched season two since it came out, I was a little confused in- a few episodes as to who the fuck was backing who and why. Yeah, um, yeah. I you know I struggled a little bit, and I'm you really kind of need like
0: a March Madness board next to you to go like, oh okay, yeah. Draw and
1: the at lines, the same yeah. time, they they did put a decent amount of effort into telling you a good like giving you a good refresher. Hmm. So as this uh, as the season opens, as for, as you start to watch episode one, it gives you a, a solid five minute refresher of the previous season. Yeah, but it doesn't go into who's standing where in the kind of the political motivation chart which i think was a miss it's also something fun they could have done as a like a little recap to
0: be like yeah. you know or like it would be it would have to be like almost like a standalone little pre-episode where it's just like you and know they've cavill, done that before cavill, with other other shows yeah and cavill just walks out completely breaks the fourth wall and goes fuck this is where everyone stands and like does a whole <laughs> like rundown thing like it could be a little bit like a fun little thing netflix could have done
1: but um he does yeah. have a lot more lines, I've noticed so far. Yeah, in season, which I remember which is, Dan he talking did complain about,
0: about. Well, yeah, and talking about how Geralt is like more of a philosopher, like warrior philosopher kind of stuff. I that was the first thing I picked up on as well. That's how it really felt like Geralt uh, Cavil had got that across for Geralt. Um, but it was
1: one of his first complaints about Laura and the the rest of the writers that they weren't kind of respecting the original original content and mm. that that he should have had more lines and less... Grunts because season one he was just grunting a lot. Yes, so I'm glad he got his way on on the way out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh but and then the the only other
0: complaint that I had was that I just felt like the the monsters were too similar, too like uh like too refresh like the 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 middle. The episode three one, which was uh, the hands body meld thing with the Yeah, faces the on flesh it. monster thing. That yep. really reminded me of the one from season two, which was the almost looked like the Majora's mask from Zelda that was stuck on a weird thing of like ants and bodies <laughs> cut together. Um, the, the, the and the then problem the other two were both like kind of roly poly monsters. I was just like, oh, it's a roly poly that extends out. Okay, cool. Um, well,
1: I don't know. I, I thought the Eshura, I think it was called, the, the sea monster. Wasn't Ashera? Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. They they are. I mean, they they, they are. They have to start recycling monsters because you know, there's unless you go full blown cockatrice or, or cockatrice or, yep. or basilisk, there's only so many monsters to find in the world. Really, mm. there's probably a dozen or maybe two dozen monsters to find in Witcher that I've ever seen, and so they actually do kind of have to start unless they want to reveal a. A big monster or something specific and, and and important. Yeah, they do have to start recycling monsters to an extent. So, oh yeah, I get what you're saying there, but it's like I guess I was thinking more about
0: I guess the character monsters we do fight in Witcher Three. Like mm. it would have been nice to see some of those come in, like you know,
1: or the baby Wyvern. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Instead of
0: just the baby Wyvern, like yeah, yeah. The um, but no. All in all, I I very much enjoyed it. It, it was a great, you know, you know, there was a definite. Ugh, moment at the end of uh, episode five where you're like, oh, fuck, I have to wait a month for the, the last three yeah,
2: yeah movie-length th- movie
0: episodes we're going to get. So they're going to be, yeah, you know, between one and two hours long kind of last three episodes. Um, but, yeah, can't wait for uh, Geralt's uh, doctor moment when he, um, he regenerates. So that's going <laughs> to be exciting.
1: Yeah, exciting is not the word I'm going to pick. I mean, that's the end of Witcher for me. Um, anyway. Anyway. Anyway, let's let's talk about our beers.
0: Yes. I'll go first this time. Yeah, uh, I have cracked the Deeds Midnight Rain, which is a black lager. Um, nice. This is, uh, they've done a few, uh, Deeds has done a few beers that are around this like kind of black lager, Schwarzbier kind of vibe. And they're always, they're themed all around like night storms. And I think the, the Schwartz beer was something lightning, was like midnight lightning or something. but. Um, you can see why they call it midnight. Like, that is, that is midnight. Mm, that very is the witching blank, hour yeah. in there. Um, it is a 4.9% black lager.
1: Um, uh, it is 4.9%. 4.9%. Okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this rates.
0: Yeah. Look, there is, um, they don't really talk about the malts they use, which is what I was more interested in reading on the back of the can. The only thing I mentioned is that it's, it's a black lager and uses magnum hops. Um, okay. It does have that kind of coffee roast-ish notes. So I imagine it's pretty similar. Like, I'm not sure if they'd be using black malt because it's not as smoky as you'd think, um, but definitely a bunch of dark malts. It does have a nice sweetness coming through. It's almost like a, uh, like a twin... A, twangy kind of sweetness at the end there though like it really just hits like the the front tip of your tongue went like at the at the very end when you think of you hitting the back of your tongue yeah um very uh, again very easy drinking very smooth um it's definitely one of those ones that you would happily go back and have a couple of uh i've, I've had a, f- a few black lagers over the years where it's like that was great but that's enough But uh, this one's very very well made and um definitely something i'll go back for i will i will give that a 4.25 okay 4.25 is 4.25 not a
1: bad score yeah Is nice well done what have you got uh i'm a little bit disappointed by this to be honest with you oh. and i've just figured out why <laughs> i have a very old sample of bad shepherds american red ah uh, I only bought this recently, actually, and it is was packaged in August two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, it's so, getting on. Yeah, it's it's yeah a month past uh, a month before its birthday, which would explain my complaints with it. So, uh, it's a darker but very clear brown mm. red. Um, it's, I mean, look, it's got malts; like you can taste the malt. But that's it. There's no hop hit whatsoever. The hops yeah. have completely died. Which, to be honest, for an eleven month old hop forward beer, I'm really not surprised about. Um, again, it's very dry and it's a bit thin. So it's five percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just find it a little bit tasteless. A and red thin. ale as
0: opposed to a red IPA kind of vibe. Yeah,
1: yeah, I actually don't so it's it's yeah, it's listed as an American amber or an American red ale. Mm. Uh, it's and it's so and you're right. It's not an IPA. It's not supposed to be that hop forward. But it, you you read the back. This bold American red ale is the perfect expression of balance between malt and hops. Big chewy caramel malt flavors give way to drying bitterness, complemented by a big tropical fruit hop punch thanks to Galaxy Citra and Centennial. So again, it should have similar hop characteristics as the Reckless like, Red IPA I just had. Maybe yeah. just a little bit.
0: Differently balanced,
1: yeah. Yeah. But I'm not getting any hop hit whatsoever, which Uh will, I'm sure, just be due to the age. Um, But I'm also not getting any caramel. There's no sweetness to it. Ah, Like I said, it it finishes quite dry. Um, Bitterness isn't that high either. Uh, Mm -hmm. 35 IBU, which is kind of not very bitter at all. Um, I just, yeah, I just think I've got a bad sample. I'm going to give it a 3.75 in the hopes that I've just got a bad sample and it's not representative of the beer when it was fresh, uh, but a little disappointing for me.
0: Yes, I get the feeling that beer is also probably, looking at that can art, it's probably one of their, like, seasonals. So it might be one that, like, is about to come back around and they, you know.
1: Yeah, possibly, mm, possibly. Yeah. Um, I, I, Can we take a 60-second break, please? <gasps> yes. Thank you. Resuming in three, two, one. Cool. Uh, let's move on to Jack Ryan. Jack um, Ryan, which again we don't have the full season of yet, which is disappointing. This is well, it's, the- it's episodic, isn't
0: it? It's weekly, weekly drops. Is it weekly drops? Yeah. Am I sure just behind? No, ah. no. I'm pretty sure it's weekly drops or like oh, two episodes okay. a week. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. This is the final season, apparently. With good old Krasinski as Krasinski. the
0: titular, titular hero. Um, You're right.
1: So 30th of June was first two eps, 7th of June was the next two, and then the 14th. Time so did it? Next week. What? What did I say? Oh, sorry, July. 30th of June, two eps. But apparently we're only getting six episodes this season.
0: Ah, oh, really? Well, at well, least the story that's has all been the moving. With- relatively quickly. So yeah.
1: At least that's 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 what's presented on IMDb so far. That's not necessarily gospel, but um, next week we'll get the final. I know, like some sort two. of movie database that know everything. Um, what do you think so far? Oh, i well,
0: I quite enjoy the uh, the Jack Ryan series, and and this one, like, you know, it's uh, it's gone back to where I needed it to go. So yep. Jack Jack was desk bound, and now he's not. And it's like fuck yeah, let's let's let let's let him have some fun. Go let's do what let he does him off best. the leash. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like putting James Bond in like an office setting. It'd be like, what, <laughs> what are you fucking doing? Yeah, um, yeah it made sense for the for the story and the, like the the whole progressive character arc over the four four seasons. Don't get me wrong, it was in in character and in universe like yeah. a, a thing. Um, but I'm glad that they've gone now. Like, well, off the leash, have fun, run around, buddy. See you later.
1: Tend to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm glad, as much as I hate to say this, because I really, really enjoyed the first season, hmm. I'm glad that they're finishing it here in season four. Yeah, I'm not sure um, where they would go after this. It would feel like it would be uh, kind of like- It's already suffered from yeah. running too long almost. I, I just, there hasn't been a really, really powerful story like the Suleiman story since. See, I really, I really enjoyed season three. Cat hair in my fucking sinuses. Um, sorry, that is actually the plot of season three. It's just Jack dealing with cat hair in <laughs> just, his sinuses. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. Drilling, drilling, a hole captivating, into his 12 brain. Twelve episodes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I and I said that when we we reviewed it last time. With I really enjoyed it, but that's because I, you know, it went back. It to went Cold back War, to Cold Russian, War Russia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just,
1: that is just a recipe for success in my books. And it was um, good, but it wasn't groundbreaking in the way that I, I felt. No, season that is one very true, was Yes, see, season one was something new and different. In hmm. it, it was a new take on a story we've already seen before, in terms of the Middle East and you know terrorism and all the rest of it. But it was yeah. a very intricate, very tense um, story that was told on two fronts. In the sense that you actually he, they humanized the terrorist. Yes, and they they gave him a real reason to be a bad guy, but believed that he wasn't the bad guy. And I really liked that about the series. Um, season two, okay, they had to kind of up the ante a little bit and, move to, and they moved to South America and dealt with another quite a controversial kind of grouping of countries in Venezuela. Yep. Um, but I didn't think it hit home nearly as well as season one. Season three, mm-hmm. yeah, it went to Russia, but there's been so many amazingly good Russian stories that this ended up on the spectrum of just good, plain old yeah. good. Um, and now we're Mexican plus or, me- yeah, Mexican plus.
0: Worldwide, actually. It's, it's Mexican plus number.
1: Chinese cartels are really the kind of basis. But Burmese. Miami. Yeah, Burmese. Sorry, you're yeah. right. But silver triad. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm glad they're finishing in here. Yeah, that's fair. Because um, it's not hitting home as, as a as much as the first season did and it still isn't hitting as hard I I in honestly four. think
0: that's because you know Jack was too high up in the ranks and now he's kind of taken a step back and back in the field kind of thing so I it was there was I, again I I was getting a little bored with like the 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 political side of it and in terms of the like literal like stuck in a political hearing and yeah and having to report to the president and all that kind of stuff it's just like I'm thinking, you know, it's it, Jack Ryan is. He just needs dad. to go
1: rogue and start shooting people again.
0: Yeah, and doing his doing his thing, his analyst thing out in the field, where he's like, you know, he's he's almost like Batman esque, world greatest detective <laughs> kind of feel. Like that's yeah. where he needs to yeah. go and be.
1: Yeah. But that's but they haven't really recreated that that feel since season one, in my opinion.
0: No, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like just finishing episode three, that's where it feels like they're trying to get back to now, which is which is good. And hopefully, mm. hopefully, in the next three episodes um if that is the end of it um that we we see that come through um hmm. but i'm thoroughly enjoying it you know it's uh there's it's all TV. the other little stories that go along alongside the main jack story are, are good it's good to see uh, um november mike back uh, yep. he's always a favorite he's um, cool uh yeah yeah it was uh it was it's it's good fun so far um, and i can't
1: remember the the actor's name but he's in everything where they need the token mexican guy he's he's popped up a million places lately um Michael. Oh, the guy who's playing Michael Chavez. P- yeah, yeah, Pina.
0: Yeah, he was Michael- in Ant Man.
1: It's very yeah. weird seeing him in
0: like compared to <laughs> yeah. his character was- in Ant Man, where he jokes around like the whole time and he talks about. No, like, he's
1: serious, hardcore, very like, serious, hardcore. Motherfucker. Yeah, 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 like yeah,
0: Jason Bourne level hardcore, and it's just kind of like that. That's I don't know. It's just uh, he, I'm I'm having a hard time breaking you away from. Hey, man, my my my. My parents died and my girlfriend left me, but I got the van. Like joke yeah, from ant and yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, cool, dude.
1: Yep. Um, I and I've got to say, like, I want to make sure I. I don't know if I'm going to word this the way that I intend or with the intent. I don't know if I'm going to word this well based mm. on my intent, but I like that the the primary romantic interest for the main character. Hmm. Is uh, of a more realistic body shape than most Hollywood casting for the main romantic interest, right? She's not a size fucking zero supermodel style body right. shape. Yes, she yes, is something. a normal human being, yeah. And I, I, and it's something that they've. I mean, it's the same actress that they've used since the very beginning. Um, and she's just a Abby a, Cornish. She's Australian too, and and hot as fuck. But just, I just, I am. I like that they're casting more realistic body shapes in Hollywood.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway. It was actually funny you say that because Emma last night when we were watching episode three was just like, like I'm not sure because she's obviously a big uh, US Office fan so she knows Krasinski from when he was Jim yeah. in that. Yeah. And she's just like, I just don't know what it is but there's something about like they've either made the door shorter or he's gotten taller. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, look, to be honest, he's done a bunch of like, movies lately where he's had to get fucking ripped
1: so he's yeah. just working out heaps and his shoulders are broader yeah and he has gotten ripped there's no but question but there was about one that.
0: particular scene when he when in the episode the last episode episode 3 where he he throws the baseball to Greer and then he walks out of the office and it's almost like he has to do like a comical like spider <laughs> duck out of the door like it I can see where she was going from being
1: like oh yeah he does look a little bit taller Too than big. normal like, but yeah. he's got the, the 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 Tom Cruise clogs on or something
0: but he doesn't need him because he's no, he pretty doesn't. sure he's six
1: foot anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I'm, I am enjoying the, this final series, but yeah, not as much as the first one. I still think they needed another Suleiman and kind a of threat. Um, we might to get we that. Move on? Who knows? Let's
0: move on. What are we up to next? Oh, Tom. Hello. I'm Tom. Um, no, so good, so good. Truck make things go boom. Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> Just. I went there so literally I had no plans to go see this in the cinema had been out the two nights previously to the Sunday I went to see it got home like Sunday we had dark nights at the union it was all very fun drank a shit ton of dark beer feeling pre- pretty average on the Sunday got home from walking Jasper and on the walk Emma's like oh really sorry I forgot to tell you I got a friend coming over tonight we're watching like that's our like movie club night and I was like Cool. Don't Couldn't want to have see
1: Bridget Jones for the millionth time. Couldn't have Bye. done that the
0: two two nights I was out of the house. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, no, they're watching Stardust, uh, the one with Charlie Cox and Claire Danes, the the fairy tale. It's actually got a pretty, pretty star-studded cast. Um, okay. And I was like, cool, I've seen that. No interest in really watching it again. Um, I'll I'll go book a ticket to the movies and I'll like, you know, looked at the dandy and was like, Flash, which I don't really want to give money to, um, or Transformers, or Spider-Man. But I didn't want to see Spider-Man with Emma. We wanted to go see it together. So I was like, sweet. I'm going to take a couple of beers. Into the Spider-Verse, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I still haven't seen that one, but we want to go see it together. And it's just like, sweet. I'm going to go watch Transformers. I'm going to take a couple of beers, sit in the cinema, (laughs) just really just go in and go watch things explode, have a great old time. Got in there. Just need to see a Michael Bay
1: film from time to time.
0: Empty cinema, except for me. I don't know if he did this one.
1: I don't think he did, but it's his style of just- Oh, there's definitely some lens
0: flares flying through. Don't you (laughs) worry. Um, Got in there. Like, finally, they've gone back to G1 robots. So Optimus finally looks like Optimus should have. The Mirage, who's the new, like, feature um, Transformer. Uh
1: was was
0: fine. Like
1: Mirage was a plane, wasn't he? Was well, and he this a he's a
0: Porsche that can multiply himself. So he okay. throws out Mirages of himself as like his little special power. Um the the Maximals, which I mm-hmm. loved Beast Wars growing up when it was that 3D Transformers cartoon. Yeah. Fucking loved it, ate it up like no. They were fantastic. Um also no, had was some-
1: the, he was a race car, he was a Formula One car. Oh, Originally. so in
0: this he's 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 a he's a Porsche, yeah. He's yeah, a 911, cool. 911 with a racing stripe, um, and then the the villain was uh, in this was Scourge and um, what's the planet Omnicron? Yeah. So instead of you know Galactus and Silver Surfer, they had Omnicron <laughs> and Scourge. It was great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the truck models were great. All the car models were great. The 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 maximals were well used, they transformed exactly like they did in the cartoon, which got me really excited. There were enough explosions, there was enough going on. They had like a bit of like, there was a bit of sexual tension between the two human characters, but you didn't really care because eventually uh, one of the human characters gets a Transformer suit and it's fucking sick. Um, And then the best thing, and this is the best thing, and I'm going to spoil it, but I know that you're not going to watch it, so it doesn't really matter. Correct. I'm sure our listeners- Spoil away. If they haven't. The like, it's not literally the end credits stinger, but like the kind of stinger at the end of the film is Mike November from Jack Ryan appears, talks to the main character you've been dealing with the whole movie, and goes, "Hey man, really love what you did. If you ever need a job, come talk to us." And flicks him a GI Joe card.
1: No, <laughs> I
0: think they're no. re- they're, they're rebooting linking the
1: universes. They're
0: rebooting a Hasbro universe. <laughs> <laughs> No. funniest fucking thing about no. the whole thing. He literally, like, goes, here you go, and flicks over, and he looks at the card, and it's just got the G.I. Joe logo, the G.I. G.I. I, J. logo on it. And I was, you know, three beers in by the stage. So I go, oh, fuck
2: yeah, G.I. Joe, let's go. Like,
0: But, oh, yeah, wow. literally just going. So bad, it's good. Yeah, and that was the whole thing, <laughs> going in and just going, you know what, I know this is not going to be an Oscar-winning film. I'm not looking for a story. I want to see a truck make another truck explode.
1: Yeah. And it yeah. delivered. It delivered. Um is Bumblebee
0: in it? Bumblebee is in it for the start and the end. Okay.
1: Yeah. Because I think the, the the movie prior to this one was that was Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Yes. So I haven't seen that one. I think the one before but that was the last night. That was the la- last night. Was the last one I saw. But I don't know how many films. No, that was the
0: last last Transformers film. Then they had the little Bumblebee offshoot, which is when Bumblebee comes to Earth. Yeah. And he is the an actual reboot Bumblebee. Almost. Well, yeah, like the, the prequel, prequel. And mm. then this is, that was set in the 80s, and then this is set in the 90s. I the didn't know was set in the 80s. The killer. The soundtrack is killer. If you like 90s hip-hop, like anyone
1: should. Anyone. You're going to have a good anyone time. Anyone should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, hip-hop and grunge. That was my 90s kind oh, of dichotomy. Yeah, pure grunge, yeah. 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 But um, no, look, just
0: just fun. It's definitely, when it comes out. Uh, on, on your, your free streaming or party yep. your, your streaming subscription. Just take a night off, crack a couple of beers, <laughs> just have a fun time. It's, yeah. You're That's not getting anything serious. It, movie, it, is, it is your popcorn film. It is your yeah. pure popcorn flick. But, yeah, the G1 models look great. And every single Transformer had a di- different transforming noise. Okay. I really like that. I thought that was a good little touch. Yeah. Um, cool. Also, so yeah, some really good voice actors they used. Like the Eagle from the Maximals was Michelle Yeoh.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got one final review to do.
0: Oh, yes. This is a show that we started the other night. Um, so it's on Apple TV. It's called the, um, what did I call it? The After Party? Mm-hmm. The After Party. It's a whodunit story. Um, so the, the basic premise is you've got a group of eight people who go to a high school reunion, 15-year high school reunion. So obviously things have changed. People have got married, unmarried, hmm. you know, changed jobs, done all this stuff. <clears throat> and at the after party at someone's house, someone is killed. So it becomes a who done it story. The detective comes in and her thing is, as she says, in the build-up. So the first episode's an hour, but it's kind of a two-parter. Um, yep. Every other episode has been about half an hour long. Um, And she goes, cool, I want to interview every single person at this after party or, like, the main-ish characters. Yep. But the way I'm going to do it is I, and her line is, I want to know your mind movie, so I want to know it from your perspective. And so every episode after that is shot in the style of a different style of cinema. So the first
1: dude she interviews. Interesting.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. first dude she interviews, well, actually, the first person that talks to her is, like, real film noir, and like abstract film noir, so it like cuts to those sweeping, her hair is always blowing in the wind, it's all in grayscale. <laughs> yeah. Then it cuts to the main dude's, like his take of events and it's pure rom-com, like in terms of the lighting, everything. Uh, they go to another guy, it's musical theatre um, or the musical episode. So there's a bunch of song and dance and that's with um, Ben Schwartz, who is very, very funny in everything he does. Um, and then ben Schwartz, hang on. If you ever watched um Kim uh, Parks and Rec, he's he's in that he's done a bunch and they're, they're all like oh, yeah. um they're think, all B-grade
1: actors I'm just looking
0: at they're them They're all now. like SNL actors I'm pretty sure
1: Yeah okay cuz yeah, you've got like, so and I don't know just looking at IMDb now uh Jon Cho um oh no who, that's season 2 so in in this season oh, I'm right, we're okay. in season 1 so
0: Tiffany Haddish is the um, main detective Yep. Um, and she's been in a bunch of like, she's a comedian. So she's done a bunch of like her own stand up, but then in a bunch of those like, yeah, I guess, yeah, B, B grade like comedy like movies she's in. Um, Sam Richardson's the same. He was in, um, last thing I saw him in was he was in Ted Lasso. Yep. Uh, Dave Franco. Dave Franco is, is there as the guy who's, he's the guy who gets murdered in his house. Ben Schwartz has been in a bunch of stuff, but it, um, he's always kind of like a little secondary character. Zoe Chow, I've only seen, actually haven't seen anything she's been in, but um, yeah, so they're going through each episode. So we're three episodes in and it's been, yeah, a rom-com, a Fast and Furious slash Michael Bay like lens flare spectacular, <laughs> and then yeah. the musical episode. And the next one we're up to is um, the character has a, apparently had, had a full mental breakdown. So I'm very interested to see how that that one comes through. But um it's very funny. Those, it's
1: what was the uh what was the Marvel character, the um, mutant with split personality? Um and I Legion. don't know mean- Legion. Yeah, Legion. It might be a Legion style shroom. Yeah, I'm very,
0: very interested to see how that Legion got too confusing
1: in the end. Moon Knight Moon Knight walked the line on the perfect side of it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Legion went way over the top. Yeah, that went real abstract, like, real, week, let's, yeah. Let's let's drop some shrooms while high as a well. card already. Exactly.
0: Um, it seems but like
1: yeah. they're their their caliber of actors has improved. Well, not improved, but they've they've spent more money on actors this year. Definitely, I think season
0: thing. one season one was the test, and now it's come out and they're going, oh yeah, this this works.
1: So you've got John Cho, Ken Young. Um, who else have we got in here? Uh, Zach Woods from um, uh, the I. No, what was the IT movie? The the startup is. It? It's gonna bug me. One second while IMDB loads. Um, Silicon that Valley. Zach
0: Woods guy. Yeah, yeah. There's
1: um Silicon Valley. He's the he's the deadpan Silicon Valley kind yeah, of. Okay, assistant. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, uh, Jack obviously been, but I think it's also one of those things
0: that um I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bunch of these actors that are coming into season two have watched season one and gone, we want to be a part I want of to mate, sign that." yeah. That looks like fun. Let's have a go. And yep. yeah, they're doing it. So they are doing a season two, um, which I think comes out shortly. Um, it yeah, it's on Apple TV. Already listened them all. It's, um, it's, it's, it's fun. It was one of those ones. We got through three and I was like, okay, that's enough for tonight. Like, I yep. need a break. It it's cuts get a bit too much. Um, if you're watching
1: Apple TV, have you watched the one with Harrison Ford in it?
0: Um, Emma watched that one, but I, I was. I, yeah, Shrinked. I didn't watch that one, but she did. I watched. We I watched, recommend it. Oh, yeah, definitely something I want to check out. Because we, we an loved off-kilter. The, the Shrink as, Next Door, which was the Will yeah. Ferrell one. That was great.
1: As an off-kilter kind of not pop culture series, it's yeah. actually really good. So highly recommend that one.
0: Yeah. And the other one I want to watch that which you talked about was the silo one. I definitely want to check that out. Silo, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which cool.
0: is rare for me to say, seeing as I don't usually get into TV these days. So, you know, actually True. Yeah. It, it definitely uh hooked
1: me after hearing you talk about it. But yeah. Well we're we're behind on some well, I'm behind on some stuff. Um I've I've just gone back and I have gobbled up in two and a half, three weeks, Battlestar Galactica. I did want to ask you about this. Okay. The question around this, because you
0: said you didn't want to really talk about it, but I'm glad you brought it up because I want to know if it's, A, how you think it's held up after the, what, 13 years, or whatever you just said, 15 years. Um, But B, if there's like, because I know I've done this, I'm not usually a show repeater. I don't like going back to something else. I really loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there're still things like shows i go back to where it's like i know i really didn't like that episode and i'm i'm just going to skip it and if you had like moments of that or where you go you know what i didn't like that episode the first
1: time i watched it i'm going to give it a second chance um no that to be honest i've I'm, and at the risk of disappointing i've really none of that factored into my thought process None okay. of what you just said factored in. So I watched so, so Battlestar Galactica's 2004 to 2009 mm-hmm. has it stood? Has it stood the test of time? The answer is yes. Um, look, it, you know the graphics, the 3D CGI of the spaceship oh, yeah, sequences, but- <clears throat> um, actually stand up pretty well. There was a noticeable increase in quality in season four, which is the final season. Yeah, okay. like it's it's like they've suddenly got an upgraded hardware to do these these graphics. yep. Um, but the quality issues in the first three seasons are less about the actual quality of the CGI and more about it's clearly shot in 720. and so you just don't get high quality video. It reminds me a lot of Stargate. It's got a similar budget to Stargate. It's kind of very similar in in in, in aesthetic. The actual storylines for for the first three seasons were the storyline spectacular. Season four, and Dan will probably fucking beat me up for this for saying this, but season four, I kind of felt it went off a little bit. It went weird, like it it was all hard sci-fi and it was all explainable, and there was some weird stuff going on, but you kind of expected it to to be explained away scientifically because that's kind of the the show was established as that kind of background background, and then the fourth season just Went a little bit off the deep end mm. with with God and religion and you know destiny and repetition and some weird themes like I just unexpected themes that I didn't didn't see coming. Yeah, um, right. Thoroughly enjoyable. Did I skip any episodes? No. So I watched this when I was twenty eight, so twelve thirteen years ago mm. twenty twenty seven twenty eight. Yeah, so 13, 14, 15 years ago I watched it last and I watched the first two and a half seasons Mm. and then my house got broken into and I had the Battlestar Galactica limited edition box set tin um, on DVD and the tin had this metal spacer. like It was was like a a steel back case Hmm. but for like 10 discs and so it ended up being really quite thick on this little book Style opening, and it had a spacer, a metal spacer that kind of plumbed into the roof of mm-hmm. the the steelbook. And someone must have assumed that there was cash inside because they they tore it apart. Oh, and then yeah, and then in the process of doing so, scratched the fuck out of some of the DVDs, and then took my PlayStation that had I think the last disc of season three in my PlayStation three. So that when they took the PS three, they took the disc, and so I just never got to see the rest of the series. Um, so it was cool going back and watching it again, though. Yeah, but I gobbled it. That's all I have done. Has so, has
0: yeah, been. Yeah, as you said, yeah.
1: Battlestar Galactica and Jedi Survivor. That's my been been my universe for the last two and a half, three weeks.
0: Yeah.
2: Anyway,
1: I think on that note, we we should take a quick break so we can go refresh our beers and our bladders, and mm. um, back after these messages from our sponsors.
0: And
1: we're back. We are. In my ever darkening room. Room It's in the cave. I am in the cave, in the man cave. Whole house is a cave, really. Yeah, so uh, we we took an extended break because my previous beer had actually expired and I didn't feel like- Hadn't Slam. expired;
0: it just gone past its best before date. There is a distinct difference.
1: Sure, sure. Yes. Legally speaking, legally speaking, it wasn't going to give me, wasn't going to give me patent botulism. Pending, patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't going to give me botulism or anything, but it was not. Oh, well, that one. But something else will. I'm sure. Certainly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I've gone up in ABV, and this is going to become dangerous because daytime drinking's is different. <sighs> oh, different hello. Time.
0: Good morning. Oh, it's oh. awake. Someone's
1: I've, nitro. I've awoken the nitro beast. Nitro's got your your nitro's got the opposite problem to mine, which is mine has no fucking head at all. So. so I just I just like bitch poured mine. I poured mine very similar to the way you're pouring your nitro, and look at the head. Almost nothing. Oh, that's all right. It's what's the diminished it? already? It's a brown ale. I want to say ice cream stout. Ice cream stout. Oh, I know what this is.
0: I know what this shit. is. Holy shit! I I think I packed this into a little box for you. You did. Holy shit! Yes, good, bad. Is that good? Holy shit!
1: Bad. Holy shit! Um, I'm impressed by the capturing of the flavors on the can name, but Ugh, I, gross
0: flavors. Ugh. It almost
1: it almost tastes synthetic. So I am. So I'm going to go oh, first. Before obviously. you get into that, can I just yep. do this? Look at that creamy fucking pour. Oh,
0: he <laughs> fucking loves it. Loves it. <laughs> That's a grand pour. You okay, so mighty Chewbacca.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking Seeker Brewing uh, Ben and Jeffrey's Mint Chocolate Cookie <laughs> Ice Cream Stout, which is a lovely looking can. Lost my yeah,
0: I've got a lot. The, the, the seeker can design has always been very on point.
1: Mm. Wollongong's finest, Ben and Jeffrey. Uh, this is what happens when founders Ben and Jeffrey get together in the brewery and aim to deliver a big scoop of yum. For this rich and decadent dessert stout, they've added cocoa nibs and chocolate syrup, tons of mint, and a whole lot of milk sugar, leaving you with a smooth, smooth, velvety chocolate stout. They then added bucket loads of cookies just to top it all off. Be sure to have this after dinner. Contains lactose. Contains fuck tons of lactose. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Fuck tons. Um, my head is completely dissipated. This is an 8.4 uh, percent dessert stout, and it is cray cray. Oh Jesus! Are so, you a fan of of mint choc? I am. Okay not a like I wouldn't cross the road to buy one but like I'm I'm not a I don't dislike it it's a it's a good pairing it's a classic pairing mm. um what was the little mint mint rounds like wagon wheel shaped the after dinner oh, okay, mint sir. would
0: you like an after dinner mint it is only a
1: wafer thin wafer no fuck off oh. I'm fool. <laughs> I was thinking Please, more like the the complimentary discs. Used to have the discs about that size that were chocolate covered mint disc. I can't remember. Yeah, the what after called. dinner mint. Yeah, the, the- uh, and yeah, it's it, it, but bigger, but mass produced from by Cadbury. But anyway, um, it is interesting, and it, it does everything it says it's supposed to do. It is a shitload of mint and chocolate in a beer. Uh, I suspect as it, I suspect as it warms up, it'll get stoutier. Mm. But I just burped up chalk mint, like it's very, very strong to the point where I—I it, I, I doubt it's actually synthetic, but it tastes almost synthetic with how strong it is. Yeah, um, um, not too bad though. As in synthetic in terms of the mint, the, or the flavors, chocolate? the flavor strength on the mint side of things. Yeah, almost chemically. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm. Um, you do get. A little bit of the stout, you get a shitload of sweetness. Like, it is ridiculous how much lactose is in this thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I'll see how it warms up. I'm going to give that a... That's a 4.25 for me. That's right up my alley. I do like wow, a good wow. dessert stout. Yeah. I know my description probably didn't kind of prepare you for a high score like that. But, uh, yeah, that's 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 right up my alley for this time of the afternoon after a couple of beeries. hmm yeah, this is what this one's doing for me, the one I've just well, poured. Soon. And what are you drinking, Tom? Oh, I have poured
0: the uh Burnley Brewing Coffee Brown, which is a nitro coffee brown owl. Um it's you wouldn't be able to tell because the it's upside down to indicate you need <laughs> to pour it upside down. In fact, yep. it's it's a very confusing label in that half of it's upside down and half of it's not, so I can't I don't want to pour it upside or turn it upside down now to read parts of it, but they tend to be just um, they're pouring instructions. Uh, They have brought this in at 5.5%. The coffee they have used is from Industry Beans, um, who I'm assuming are Melbourne-based just like Burnley Brewing. Burnley are from Richmond in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Their ingredients listed: water, barley, wheat, hops, yeast, cold brew coffee, and lactose. Um, so they're obviously going for like a flat white flavor as opposed to a, you know the old long black. Um, <laughs> but it is it's it's beautiful nitro, like mm. just oh wow, look at that velvet. Yeah, and there's a per, like you can do the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, doing this over the laptop very dangerous, but you know I trusted the nitro. Um, Beautiful little coffee flavor coming through. Um, not too overpowering, but not 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 subtle that it gets lost. Yeah. Um, nice that they used a brown ale base. Mostly, this would be you know chucked into some sort of stout, um, which I, I find, unless you use a heap of coffee, definitely like overpowers that 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 flavor you want. Yeah. Um, it's beautifully smooth. Um, you know, it's that rich malt character coming through. You know, there's none of that hop you really... It's not like an American brown. It's definitely an English brown, I would say, based, um, based on the flavours I'm getting through. Um, but it is, yeah, I, I actually don't want to drink it. I just love staring yeah, at so it.
1: It's so perfect, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is Even with the, uh, the 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 like the frosting on the back.
0: Yeah, just a little bit on the nose. That's how we like it. Uh, <laughs> it's the Belgian dip. It's how we do it in Belgium. Belgium. dip. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Five stars. Yeah! Wow, five. I would. I would. am actually gonna to look it. up. I would bathe in more it. Of that.
1: Yeah, I would bathe in it. Um,
0: but be it's the, just it's, the next
1: episode of the uh the Rebel Pilot Helmet series. Yeah, it's just me bathing in things in, the in brown owl. in in nitro brown owls, to be exact. Um, it's a very very
0: niche um AMSR uh channel that I'm gonna I'm gonna. But at least you could there. you could
1: get away with it because it's a dense enough colored liquid that. You wouldn't be over-revealing anything. No, though. no, no.
0: You um, can totally get Yeah. Oh, I really want to know if I can get a four-pack of that. That's Yeah, I'd I'd sit on that for forever. Also, mm. also look at that. Beautiful. Perfect. Beautifully done. Aligned, aligned label. Yeah. If anything, there's half a mil in that. That's, dear Christ, I'm turgid right now. Well done. <laughs> well done, Burnley Brewing. Absolutely tumescent and engorged. Um, that is that is so, a fantastic
1: coffee brown. That's well. C- done. That's pretty pretty fucking close too. I've got to say in terms of the label lineup. Yeah, yeah, that is very good. That's that's excellent. The uh, yeah. we won't look yeah, at the yeah. other ones I had. Mm. Mm. Um,
0: let's, yeah. Let's fantastic. move on. I can't.
1: Let's, I'm actually emotionally flawed right now. Well you, um, you may as well. You're you're, you're welcome to continue oh. to enjoy it while we talk some trailer trash. Let's talk some Trailer Trash. Trailer Trash. Got some good trailers, actually, um, and some okay ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Another Dune 2 trailer, or Dune Part 2 trailer. Um, This one with more into house politics, I noticed like they were they were very much talking about House Atreides versus House Harkonnen uh, yep. and then the Fremen. Uh, we got some more Christopher Walken action. I didn't actually know Christopher Walken was in Dune Part 2. But I, I think I remember Dan saying
0: something about him being in it. I do love
1: Christopher sort of, Walken yeah. as an actor. Uh, we, we got some uh, uh, Florence Pugh yes. in it as well. Um, I, I felt this one was uh, actually. I'm pretty G'd up for this movie. I really now.
0: wish Dan was here because I know this would probably infuriate him to no end. So I'm going to use you for this and then I'll message it to him later. But it really felt like. Use the difference- me, Tom. Oh, I will. I I'll use and abuse. It really felt like the difference between this. The the trailers for June 1 and then the trailers for June 2, that especially this one, really felt like the difference between the original Mad Max, like the original original <laughs> Mad Max, yeah. and then Mad Max 2. It's just like the amount of more action, <laughs> which is not to say that June 1 did not have action, but the action shown in that trailer felt like a bit more explosive, not like I'm not saying it's going towards, you know, Michael Bay ridiculous. It was in no, 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 style. No, it's not. it's, it's- it was a little less arty. And I, I, don't again, know if I, would, I don't know if I would agree with that. Oh, I um, know that people won't agree with this, and that's probably why I'm saying it. But, like, I felt like the Dune 1's trailers were more about setting that, like, uh, the tone that they were trying to get from that universe and the, the glorious, like, the, the really long-shot landscapes and stuff. And I didn't get much of that, but I got more, not that I feel like they needed to draw people in for this, but it was, like, trying to go, like, maybe Dune 1 was a bit slow for the general populace and they're trying to get it like, here's a bit more fast-paced
1: only recently rewatched. Action. I only recently re-watched Dune Part 1. Yeah. It's not slow. It's like I was engaged all the way through on the second round. So yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I, actually, no, what I, said, I, was I, I knew you guys wouldn't agree with it, but it's just like that's the thing I got. It was like yeah. the difference,
0: yeah, Mad Max 1 to Mad Max 2, where Mad Max 2 still had its, you know, long bits of dialogue and, like, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't just exploding. It wasn't, wasn't Thunderdome, you know, but, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm really hoping G 3 was- doesn't go down the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly <laughs> Tina Turner's ghosts appears and just starts screaming the, the, at everyone. The, like- the,
1: the colander bra and the fucking massive yeah, shoulder yeah. pads. It's such an epitome of kind of late 80s, early 90s style. Um, no, what I, what I was going to say I think would be really interesting to do would be to compare the first... June Part One trailer hmm. to the first June Part Two trailer, and then contrast that against this second round of trailers for both movies, because this is the second June Part Two trailer, and hmm. it has focus shifted quite a lot from the first trailer we got for June Part Two. I'd be interested yeah. to see if they're aligned between the first movie and the second movie in terms of the two trailers that have come out so far.
2: Yeah, because be I
1: re- I do remember the sweeping shots you're talking about, but I also hmm. think there's quite a lot of sweeping shots in in this latest trailer for Dune Part 2 as well, that you've got, you know, the the Fremen talking about Moadib and the the big cheering with the, you know, the gun rattling and all the rest of it. Mm. So there are some big sweeping scenes. There's also some big sweeping battle scenes in this latest trailer. So I think that was yeah. the thing that, that drew me more towards that comparison was the yeah.
0: scene to focus more on those battle scenes. Um, I will mm. say I sent it to Dan because I knew he would be interested. In it. Um, I can send it to you as well. But I watched a very interesting video on part of the, you know, I still have a little like soft spot for sound editing and soundscapes mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And the sound editor talking about how he made the sound of the moor of the um, worms, the, yep. and the way he did it, and it's beautiful. And he just like he just tells it nonchalantly to the guys interviewing. He's like, "Yeah, well, I needed like a really dry sucking sound because obviously it's sand and it's arid like location, and it's just like all that sand going into that giant, you know." More. He he said Denny would tell us all the time that it's, you know, 100,000 meter long worm or whatever, however long it was. And so what he did was he grabbed his little like lapel mic, just opened his throat and made this like (gasps) noise and then passed it down like in as far into his throat it would go before he gagged on it, like just (laughs) right back and dropped the mic in. And then he said he slowed it right down, he half slowed it and just modulated the pitch. And that is the sound of the dune worms. And I was like, you're a fucking genius. Seriously, man.
1: Foley artists are- oh. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're, they're called Foley artists. I'm like, really fucking creative people. The, the so I, creative, yeah. The idea that all of the punch sounds that you got in the 80s and 90s and Kung Fu classics were someone slamming celery with a stick. Yeah. is yeah. just like, who the fuck came up with that? Or, like-, like, to get, like, walking on
0: snow. Instead of doing that, they, like, crunch on, like- like, like walking on like
1: crisp lettuce that's like fresh, yeah. wet lettuce, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's just like,
0: how do you think of this shit?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. And and um, I, I think we've talked about in our um Pixels and, and Pints fan chat, we've, we're in uh, fan chat, that's a really shit way to call it because that sounds just too full of ourselves. But in the WhatsApp group for friends and family of, of Pixels and Pints, um, we've talked about uh, a couple of guys on YouTube that kind mm. of, pull apart the score from a lot of the stuff that we watch and and it's really interesting to see the soundscape design and then the the score behind a lot of the stuff we watch is is fascinating the way that people the amount of thinking that goes into this stuff is just mind blowing. That is very interesting you say that because I um
0: I will regale everyone with a very boring tale for 20 seconds if that um since we've moved into the new place my TV and soundbar haven't been connecting like they used to. So they've got this thing where they connect and play off each other to get a richer soundscape. Yeah. Um, and every time we've used just the soundbar, it's been like super muffled audio for voices, but everything else is super clear. So mm-hmm. it's like one of the 5.1 channels wasn't firing or something. Cracked the shits yesterday and like was like, fuck this, I'm going to fix it. It's been too long. I'm sick of like getting halfway through a show and having to switch just to the TV speakers because they face back and our neighbor hates it. So yep. it's sweet. I'm going to fix this. And playing around and ex- exchanging all the HDMI ports and changing HDMI cables, doing all that kind of stuff and replaying it. And the one, the one scene I used because you know you want to use something that you As know the test scene. You know what it sounds like. And for Maybe me, that's Star the, Wars thing. It was. It was Lord the start of, the, of the, the pod race. It was the start of the pod race where Sabolba cheats and then Qui Gon yep. picks Anakin up and they talk. So I could get the audio and the soundtrack. Yep. But at one point, I got no for some reason something happened and i was getting no audio so i just got like mouthing but with the john williams soundtrack going on i was like <laughs> i actually kind of want to let this play because i want to watch the rest of the movie just like <laughs> just this like just this. to see what it's like yeah. and it was like the like the symphonic piece without the you know all the audio going on long story short ended up doing a full factory reset on both the soundbar and the tv and now it's fixed so you know long story short if everything's fucking up just factory reset you
1: it was it's a good old, dead on. It's a good old switch was, it
0: off switch it on. That was
1: almost almost exactly 20 seconds by the way, Tom. It's impressive. You know, it's funny. I've been I have found as I've gotten older, I watch more and more movies in uh with subtitles. Just, let Just for out for 2 seconds. Keep going. You're right. I've noticed that I've I watch more and more shit with subtitles because I don't know if it's my hearing failing or not, but I just can't get clear audio for, for dialogue anymore. Mm. And I read an article recently that says that millennials more and more are watching movies with subtitles on. It's just a thing they do. But also Amazon
0: have come out and said that they have now introduced this new thing to make the audio like gel better because they've been finding a lot of the new film, newer films and newer TV shows are, are neglecting the
1: um, speech audio. Yeah. When they're mixing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so my amplifier has a setting where the, it improves the dialogue recognition in mm. the center speaker by boosting kind of vocal ranges as opposed to like typical score ranges. But I find even so, in order to get dialogue to come through clearly in a comprehensible way, my brain can hear yeah. properly. And because I don't have a hearing problem, I've got a brain problem. Um, that sounds really random, I know, but that's, that's, Letting the, that the one. Very alone. Short, that's the very short version. No, so I've, i as, as I've aged, I found that I've found that if I sit in a noise-filled room, mm. you sitting right next to me, speaking to me in a bar, I'll struggle to understand what you're saying. And it's not that I can't hear you, it's that my brain has trouble picking out your dialogue from the background din. And I find the same problem, and I find the same problem in some movies where yeah. there's dialogue with a lot of heavy background noise and when and did all the audio tests and all the rest of it. It just turns out it's a it's a brain thing. Your brain, my brain, has trouble picking out various specific dialogue threads in in a big heavy background like soundscape. Yeah, it's a brain right. thing, not a hearing thing. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next next trailer. I don't know what the point there was, so I'm just going to just abandon it. Uh, Retribution, which. Directed by Nimrod Antal, who who directed Predators and Stranger Things, Um, Hmm. written by Alberto Marini and Chris salmon Poor, and starring Liam Neeson. It, to be honest, looks like another Taken film. Liam Neeson film. Yeah. Liam
0: Neeson's at it again.
1: Yeah, it's just another Taken film.
0: Yeah, Uh, well, it's just Liam Neeson now going, I just want to be in action films. He's like, fuck it. I don't care done my other so, things like I just yeah. want to I want to shoot a whole bunch of people before I can't you know the arthritis gets to my fingers and I can't pull a trigger anymore
1: yeah so now he's in a car with his two kids in the back and there's bombs with pressure plates under the seats of all three of them and there's so it's a, a
0: speed ripoff.
1: yeah and and there's a terrorist telling him that he must do this and he must do that or else he's going to blow up pop quiz the- hot shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but nowhere near as good as um uh, fucking Die speed. Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But just Die Hard with a Vengeance. So just, as soon as you say pop quiz, just Simple Simon was a pyman. Um, oh
0: no, I always go straight to uh, what's his name in Speed? Just the on the payphone pop quiz hot <laughs> shot. You got two bombs here. He doesn't talk <laughs> like that at all. I no. apologize for that accent,
1: but no one cares. No, one it's entertaining. Cares. It's all What's about the, the entertainment. next one. Bird Box Bird Box Um I uh, So different producer, different director. Um, I think two of the three writers are different from the original Bird Box movie, and none of the same actors. Uh but one of the original writers is in this one, Josh Malaman, or wrote this one, Josh Mallament. So it- this
0: is the 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 original film's the one where they're blindfolded.
1: Sandra Bullock, yeah, blindfolded, yep. because if you see the aliens, you'll commit suicide. Got they, they affect your brain in some specific yep, way. Yep, that yep, I'm, yep. It's almost the happening with a better explanation. And I avoided watching Bird Box for a long, 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 long time, and I only watched it about six weeks ago, Yeah, never and it, I yeah. thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. Right. It was well written. Tension yep. builds nicely. Like you get this kind of uh zombie movie community spirit sense really quickly where yep. like the the world's ended and you, the 20 people that are the 20 randos that are stuck together in the shopping center suddenly bond very quickly as a result mm-hmm. of being the only survivors you kind of get that in bird box and then suddenly bad shit happens um right i i mean bird box the original was the all star cast john malkovich sandra bullock you know, the list goes on mm-hmm. um Bird Box, Barcelona. I just—it uh, seems I'll watch it. Hmm. Why are you laughing? Because I'm lisping. That's how you're yeah, supposed yeah, to, to I say. Every time you say Barcelona, I'm just like, that's why are be- you supposed to pronounce it? <laughs> I know it just sounds silly. going It sounds absolutely ridiculous <clears throat> to us, us Aussies, but that's how you're supposed to say it. Anyway, um, I don't know if it's a cash in on the storyline or if it's a genuine kind of telling it from a completely different cultural a perspective. It was the first. The yeah, yeah. first
0: one was a Netflix film. Okay. Yeah,
1: right, right, right. Yeah. Um. But I'm going to watch it just to see if it's a pop-out or if it's like a like milking the cow or if it's a genuine telling a similar story from a completely different cultural perspective because this is obviously set in Spain now. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway. Next one we won't spend too much time on. Uh, it's a horror movie called Cobweb. Right. Uh, from the producer of It and The Barbarian and starring Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander in The Boys. Um, Looks like a pretty fucking scary horror movie, and of the two horror movies that they're currently playing trailers for, this one won out on The Nun 2 by a Country Mile. Oh, Lizzie Kaplan's in it too. Hmm. Seen her in a bunch of stuff. How good. Yeah, so I think this will be interesting if you're into horror films, if you're into kind of modern horror. um, This one looked like a decent-ish one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're still... We had a really good round of grade A horror films, more like modern horror films, and then we've kind of gone into B grade really quickly. Um, so I'm hoping this kind of brings us back out of that slump I, th- I feel we're in personally.
0: Oh, I mean, isn't that one of those things that they, um, <clears throat> whenever you have like a kind of like a nice run of the, you know, the A grade stuff, you get all those other people like- All the follow on. Got to cash in on that. Let's go.
1: Fucking- But we had a bunch of really good James Wan like um, horror films and then just- mm went off the deep end. So, uh, and the next one is- Oh, this is fucking hilarious. Very different. Craven the, the Hunter had a red band trailer mm-hmm. um, and it just- I, I'm really fucking looking forward to this. It just looks hardcore. This for me is the exact
0: same thing I'm going to go into with Rise of the Beasts. I'm going to go in with a couple of beers, have a good time and walk out going- that was dumb, but it was fucking entertaining <laughs> as
2: fuck. Yeah,
1: yeah. It just it it it's clearly a um a, a Marvel mutant story. Like he's he's well, a it's mutant. A, it's still the Sony. It's the Sony Marvel Spider
0: Man universe. Yes, yeah. Craven is yeah. is a, a Spider Man villain, but for some reason they've given him. He got bitten by a radioactive lion.
1: Yeah. I guess yeah, we're saying. That's exactly what it looks yep. like. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. So he's embraced And i got to uh, say, as a CGI lion, that was a genuinely scary looking fucking lion in that, Yeah, yeah. In you, I, you do have to give him that. Yeah. Like, um, he- But it's- uh, What's his name? Jonathan-
0: uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's the guy yeah. from Home Improvement. Um, <laughs> I wish it was that kid coming And back. his
1: dad, Russell Crowe. Yeah. So, um,
0: Russell, Russell Crowe was by- a Russian hunter. Like, mm. how good? Like what have we done to be born in too. the Born in the Era where Russell Crowe gets to do a <laughs> Russian bounty game hunter accent? Like how how lucky are we as, as human beings? All that's all I can think of.
1: My um, son is weak.
0: Let him die like the lost one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like it's as bad as like Goldeneye terrible, era Russian. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a that, terrible it's, Russian accent. It's classic nineties Russian. Um yeah. And it's also Have just
1: seems like. Of well, it's, it's
0: almost like he's just going through the the, the different European accents now in his roles. Because he was, you know, <laughs> yeah. Zeus, he had his horrible Greek accent. Oh, it was a horrible he, Greek accent. Which he yeah. just based on Con the Fruiterer, let's be completely <laughs> honest. Um,
1: Everything yeah, sweet, mate.
0: Yeah. But okay, so Craven the Hunter apparently now has superpowers. <laughs> That's great.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's different from what Well, I, I think read, he has it. mutant powers, but yeah.
0: I'm actually yeah, looking at the radioactive to this. line. Yeah, it yeah.
1: looked good. It looked good, uh, and written by the guy who uh, Steve Ditko, who wrote all of the Spider-Man movies. So the original trilogy with Tom Holland and not yep. Tom Holland, sorry, um, with uh, Raimi. Thank you. It's uh, the, no Steve was, Ditko's an old comic book writer, isn't he?
0: Surely, I'm pretty sure that Steve Ditko was might... a. He's a graphic novelist.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. He's dead. He did write all he's three dead. of the. He,
0: he died did in write- 2018.
1: <laughs> I don't think he's been involved in the production of this film. Well- <laughs> Somehow, okay, my detective skills on. are going off. Spidey's <laughs> Spidey, spidey senses tingling. Well, fuck. Well, well he no wrote. No, was uh, harmed in the making of this film. It's delicious. <laughs> he was. He, he he wrote all three. Well, he was credited with writing the Spider-Man movies. Along with Stan Lee, so obviously he was one of the original inventors of the Spider-Man franchise. Yeah, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. Um, Well, fuck. Okay. Well, then the the writer is the the Spider-Man co-creator. There you go. So, so the actual writer uh, must be Matt Holloway because Stan Lee and Steve Ditko are both credited with Craven the Hunter as writers, and yet Mm. both of them have since passed on to the other side. So, yeah. Uh, I was going to say Matt Holloway, and I think I did write this in the notes, is also responsible for writing Iron Man and Uncharted, uh, Men in Black International, and Transformers last night. So he's no stranger to the, kind of this style of storytelling as well. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Well, I'm a, I feel a little embarrassed, but I'm looking forward to to Craven. That looked good. It just looked hardcore. Stabby, stabby, kill, kill.
0: I'm just wondering if it's going to go down the-, the, the I still haven't seen Morbius, but, you know, the Morbius and the, the I Venom line. Uh, I mean,
1: given it's a us Venom Spider-Man. and Morbius are very different in terms of- Venom, Venom two's not. No, you're right. Venom <laughs> 2 was pretty horrible, but Venom 1 was- Venom 1 was On, was on was the refreshing. right side yeah, of stupidly, yeah. Yeah. like, stupid over the top. Um, Yeah, Morbius was horrendous. It was a really shit blade. Which is already saying something. Mm. well hey don't knock blade blade was good hey blade
0: trinity still has one of my favorite lines which i will not yes, utter on yes, the show we
1: we know we i know. don't
0: say it anymore i
1: just say that i want people to think about it the fact i say that makes <laughs> people in their heads the go word. think about the c word yeah <laughs> uh, anyway the last one isn't a trailer but we got a behind the scenes featurette on rebel moon and it looks fucking spectacular it really does and Zack Snyder unleashing Zach himself Snyder's into his R-rated own universe. Star Wars is what we're getting. I just yeah. I hope he creates Snyderverse. I mean, for a start, it just sounds right. That just it just rolls off the tongue, the Snyderverse. Um I just hope that it launches an intellectual property that he can continue to capitalize on because I think as a storyteller, Snyder is one of the better directors we have in Hollywood at the moment. Yeah, So no, giving no, him his I, own. I I'm, home- look I'm excited for
0: it, but it's just, you know, it's just uh I'm glad it's not I, – I I think what you're – I agree with what you're saying that I want it to be Snyder's thing. I don't want
1: Snyder to be in Star Wars. Like, I want him to have his own thing. You know, him- it, it, funnily enough, the behind the scenes, and maybe not so much the trailer, but the behind the scenes reminded me more of the Pitch Black universe than it did the, the Good, because I love universe. the Pitch Black universe
0: as its, it's own thing. It's
1: yeah. greedier, it's darker, yeah. it's still high science fiction, there's still a lot of – Shit going yeah, yeah, on in the yeah, universe, yeah. um, in a similar, in a similar to Star Wars kind of way, but it's grittier. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Uh,
0: so I. I. Yeah. I don't want Snyder to be to be roped into the, especially the the confines of a Star Wars universe. Like there's all there's so much he could trip and fall on, you know, like Arthur Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't yeah. want him to go down that path. You want you want Snyder to be given his free reign, and I think that's where. Unfortunately, the the DC Snyderverse—that's where he was held back and reined in. Like he wasn't given the free reign he needs to be given. Um, Fuck, I warm, think of brothers, right, I think is of what we're uh, what's what's the one with Abby Cornish we were talking about before? Um, the five girls in the asylum. Uh, oh, um, Legion. No, 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 no. You're you, on the Sorry. same lines. It's <laughs> it's. Uh it's a Snyder film from back in the day. It's it's got Abby Cornish in it. It's got um Dakota Fanning. Um, oh, um oh God,
1: that's gonna bug me now.
0: You look it up, it. but it's it's like that 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 could have spawned its own spin-off, and I think they did some animated stuff around it. Um whatever the series is Abby Cornish
1: been in. I, it's not the secret bridesmaid's business, that's for sure.
0: No, it wasn't that one.
1: It was <laughs> uh but but that Seven that's, psychopaths? No, no, it was. I don't know what you're talking about now. I've oh, come on, Peter. You're better than I, this. It'll, it'll, yeah.
0: Sucker punch. It's the film. It's got. It's got the five girls who are in the insane asylum, but then they go into their own minds and they do like the crazy.
1: It's like Matrix. Oh, you S- know, I was. I, yeah. I I was thinking. Yeah. Sucker. Punch. That was a. That was a great movie. It was, that was underrated. Great movie. It was underrated, essentially underrated. But that is Snyder. I didn't know that was a Snyder film. To be honest, I'm ninety. percent No, it is. Certain, I'm looking yeah. at it right now. It is a Snyder film. It yeah. was written and directed by him. I didn't realize it was. But that could have been a perfect, like giving Snyder like a
0: little mini. A that was kind of pre universe pre-universe things needed to exist. But fuck, I wanted. I always wanted to see more of that. Yeah, like yeah. I the hope way Rebel they did Moon some of does those launch scenes, its own
1: little yeah. its own little franchise. That'd be cool. Yeah. Speaking of franchises, uh, our last trailer for Trailer Trash is Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth. It was a teaser trailer. Um, It almost looked anime-esque, the trailer.
0: This was the one we, yeah, we briefly talked about in chat the other day. We did, and
1: I didn't realise it was a video game. I thought you guys were talking about another movie. No. After 2032, but no, it's a- it's a video game trailer, and I'm interested to see what this, how this turns out.
0: Because I'm pretty sure the studio, I've played one of the games that they've done before, which was super, like, walking-based, text-heavy detective style. Because I think it was um, The Life and Death of uh, Edith Finch is the game that I've played from the same studio, um, which is one of those ones where I just Which Dan like in- talked
1: about as well, I think, last episode or two.
0: Yeah, it's a brilliant game. Very- it's. Short. You can smack it out in you know a day. It's like an afternoon. Mm. Just, but it's a it's a beautiful tale. Um The art direction they take for it is fantastic. But so if it's these guys looking after the Blade Runner franchise, then it's going to be yeah. a great tale to really stick your teeth into.
1: Yeah, and it, it I I didn't like like I said, it's it's a reveal trailer, not a game trailer. So yeah. there's no in-game mechanics. I've got no idea what style of the game it is yet. It's just. Uh, it's a very nicely. Painted it's almost like a logo reveal. As, it's just yeah, yeah. we're doing yeah. this, and we're the guys behind it. But you got that 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 real that real synth symphonic symphonic soundscape background while mm. it was playing, uh, and it reminded me a little bit of some of the the smoother animatrix style anime studios yeah. that did yeah. the animatrix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a lot of potential there. Yeah, um, I mean, it, judging off um, yeah, the game I
0: have played them before, it. They'll handle it, like they'll handle the source material with reverence and respect. Mm. Like they won't just go and change things for the sake of changing things. They'll they'll go back to original source materials to be like, well, cool. Why do we make this decision? All that kind of stuff. They'll yeah. do their research. Yeah. Like
1: they're those kind of yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, brings the revered franchise back to games for the first time in twenty five years. So it's the first video game set in the Blade Runner universe in twenty five years. Set between the original film and 2049, Blade Runner 33 takes place after the events of the blackout and asks, "What does a Blade Runner do when there are no replicants left to hunt?" Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a like, washed it's, out, it's, washed it's, out yeah. detective uh, with no like no impetus, no drive. Yeah, what
0: does Batman do when he's put everyone inside Arkham Asylum? It's like okay guess i just goes float- a little crazy right Well, i guess i just float around arkham
1: city and bun- and beat up randoms like you know <laughs> that keep regenerating <laughs> i get the impression that that this guy the uh, the de- detective in blade runner 2033 goes a little crazy That's- yeah yeah
0: it definitely feels like that
1: so it ends up kind of being a psychological you know withdraws kind of story so uh it's not not due to be out until i think next year but no yeah anyway um, just back onto the Rebel Moon
0: thing in terms of the um, the fact that it's Star Wars kind of-esque and R-rated. I don't know if you saw recently that uh, James Mangold, the director behind The Wolverine, um, mm. the, you know, beautiful Wolverine film we got, uh, mm. came out recently and said that he had originally written an R-rated Boba Fett film that Disney went, holy shit, <laughs> we cannot yeah, make nah. that. We can't do it. And he was like, yeah. I realized I went a little bit too far with that one. But you know That would have been epic though. An R-rated Boba movie. Fuck yeah. It, by the director of Logan, like <laughs> Fuck <I> yeah. Yeah. Mean- <laughs> yeah. Uh that would have been that would know, have
1: been very Western fastest gun yeah. in the West no, style. That's, that's
0: the whole thing. Yeah. He was like it was pure, pure Western, like, you know, man with no name style theme. And and,
1: and Tatooine is that perfect planet to tell yeah, that story 100%. in too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh but yes, he came out and he said I may have been a bit overzealous in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's that's. Maybe I'll do that as a fan film one day and not get any you know backing behind it or official thing. And it'll be like, yeah, it'll be uh, Bubba Fett. Yeah, Bubba Fett. Bubba Fett. Bubba Fett. Totally different. Bubba Fott. Just to just to to make sure there's no no nothing. (laughs) There's no
1: breaches of intellectual
0: property rights. Yeah. Yeah, and his his armor will be blue and orange as opposed to red and green. There you go. Yeah, that's how you get around it. You're welcome, James Mangold, if you're listening, which you won't be, but you know, never mind.
1: <clears throat> I'll tell you. You never know. You never know. You never know. Just tag me in the comments. Yep. All right. So let's move into our fourth beer. Now that we both glass, have an empty glass. Man. Damn it. Dirty, <sighs> dirty glass. Uh, and Fine. then we're going to our spotlight topic for the evening. Luckily, I'm my last already- beer is definitely going to overpower any flavours from the uh, last
0: one. So I will I will put up with the dirty glass, but always wash your glass. Don't be a grub like me.
1: Don't be a grub. Don't be a bloody grub! Ooh,
2: daddy like daddy. Loki's like.
1: about Loki's about to get launched out of a window if he keeps meowing like that. Now this has got okay. That head's very thick and very brown. Ooh, give us a give us a gaze there, mate. <coughs> Let's see what you get. No, you it go- was a bad paw, but look at the look at the head on that. So that's it's oh, a, that's nice. It's a shiny brown. That's Ooh. that's not bad from a dirty glass. Mm.
0: Um, I'll start. I am having oh, uh, Dainton's Red Dragon, Red IPA. Uh, Peter, you've inspired me. It's a very nice little uh, lovely little can art, mm. um, little smaugy, little uh, um, D&D focus. There are a couple of uh, um, 12-sided die on there, um, uh, a couple of skulls and stuff. So I can't actually read the back because it's written in... Very dark Pawn-ish. red on black. Hang on. Right. Here we go. Roll a 20 and enter a realm of bold flavor with fiery hops, notes of caramel, raisin, and rich red toffee malts. Red dragon is the ultimate thirst slayer. Okay. So I've, I've got some initial initial uh, issues with that, I guess. Um, if I'm really thirsty and I'm going to reach for a beer, which is obviously- Detrimental to my thirst because uh, beer generally dehydrates you. Um, yep. No matter what, uh, no matter what the VV ads say. Um, last thing I want to reach for is a red IPA to refresh my palate. I'm going to reach for a very a dry crisp, bitter, a crisp pilsner, or maybe a, yeah. a light Australian yeah. pale. Um, tell you what, though, that does pour a rich ruby red. That is mm. that is delicious. It's a lovely colour. Yeah. Oh, oh, that is great. Um, and look, Dayton have a very long history of making really, really good, like one-off beers. And I've never, never seen this beer before from them. Um,
1: it is my hopefully- relationship with Dayton's very hit and miss. I've, I've loved some of their beers, and I've fucking hated some of their beers. Yeah, I've got another beer in the fridge of
0: theirs that I'm very keen to try, and uh, was very tempted to bring out for a fifth tonight. But uh, you know what? It's Sunday, whatever. I don't care. Um, whatever. That has a really nice grapefruity grapefruity characteristic straight up front to it. Um, it then comes through with, like they said, a bunch of that red, rich red toffee and that maltiness coming through.
1: At the back, oh, there's something at the back there though. Um, something that doesn't, it strikes a discordant note by the look of it. It's not necessarily discordant. I'm just trying to place my tongue palette on it.
0: It's. Okay. It's, place your tongue uh, on it, Tom. Place my tongue on it. It is. It's like that. It's it's the bitterness of the toffee hitting the 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 sweetness of the citrus, and it kind of goes a little bit discordant at the back there. Mm. Um, it's 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 too much happening at once. Yeah, and that's yeah. it's own, it's it's the problem of like there's there's these really bold flavors up front and right at the middle, like the upper middle. And then it's hitting the back palate and it's just like, oh, shit, I can't comprehend everything that's going on right at once. And, mm. you know, that's not to say that it's not a good tasting beer. It's just like it it's like a weird question mark at the end of the beer. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of feeling of like- <laughs> Yeah, I do. Like it, it almost put. is borderline herbal tasting, but like definitely not mm. like say like the space cake we had last episode. Like it's yeah. not that kind of- Whoa, Vegetal. That's, that's weird, vegetal, herbal. It's- mm. It's definitely just that toffee, that that bitterness of that toffee caramel note coming through and hitting that like quite strong citrus grapefruit, um, which in itself is interesting. I imagine that's what you know. It's it's that three layers of being burnt by dragon fire. Like initially it burns, yeah. and then you go, "Well, oh, this kind of doesn't know," and then you're a crispy little thing at the end. So but yeah, it,
1: yeah, you're a husk.
0: Yeah, just a husk. Um, I'm going to give that a four because um, okay. yeah, that 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 toffee initial toffee and grapefruit are really really nice. Um and like a step up from each other. Um and but yeah, uh, it would have probably been higher if they just melded a little better at the back. The only way. The only way I can describe that for those playing at home. But um yeah
1: yep. yeah makes sense. Good.
0: I I yeah I definitely at the end I rolled a natural natural two at the end there.
1: Natural two. Hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. D and D joke for those playing at home, which I probably got wrong because I've.
1: Because you're still yet to play D&D with us. We must. We must. That'll be That's a true. What have this, you got? I've got a night ender of a beer. Like, That's also quite crushable. I could. Uh, what did I say it was? Six and a half. I could smash that. This, on the other hand, I could not. So I am drinking Goodland Brewing, who we've never had on the podcast, I might add. Um, I don't know if you can see that. It's a very shiny can. It's very, like, paint. They have,
0: they have cool can designs. I've had a few yeah, of yeah. yeah, it
1: is kind of a cool can design. It's it's like metallic gold and non-metallic gold on, a, like, a green and very, very dark or black, dark green or black background. Mm-hmm. This is uh, a gazelle egg, which is a barrel-aged stout uh, at a million percent. What is it? Eleven. A 11. million percent. million percent. on a 440ml can. This is going to take me out for the Mm. night. Um, Sorry, I'm suddenly feeling very sinusy. I don't know why. Um, It's all those cat hairs that were in your sinuses before. Yeah, probably. Um, This is lovely in the way that only bourbon aged, uh, bourbon barrel aged stouts could be lovely. Hmm. This is very vanilla but I shitload a bourbon barrel. Like, you really cop the bourbon. So the
0: only beer I've had from Goodland, personally, uh, was in the Carwin Advent Calendar, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the Advent calendars uh, last year, and it was a English barley wine at 10%, and it smacked me for six.
1: So- I, mean, I expect this will smack me for six as well yeah um, but it's 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 quite lovely I mean there's a lot of vanilla there's a lot of chocolate a lot of lot of cocoa chocolate like rich rich chocolate notes hmm. but and it's it's very very sweet but not in a chocolate sweet it's just kind of lactose sweet but the bourbon really does carry through like it's got that acidic bourbon burn through it. And at eleven point four percent, it's kind of unsurprising that it kind of embraces that that burn. Mm. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how this warms up,
0: but they and they do say here on on the Untapped that it is their it was brewed and packaged for their first anniversary, so it's like their birthday
1: beer. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's and a good beer what a, what for a way to Celebrate your birthday. Yeah, and it's and it's fucking well constructed. That's that's impressive, knowing that they're only a year old as a brewery. That's really impressive mm. um, Yeah, I'm gonna have to give that a four and a half. Nice. Excuse me, it's nicely layered um, vanilla chocolate bourbon in that order with the burn carrying through. Yeah, I'm very impressed.
0: Let's try to see when they actually released it. looks like it may be this time last year, maybe a bit later. What looks, I So yeah, they're about a year and a half.
1: Best old. before the fourteenth of the seventh, two thousand twenty-two. No, that can't be best before. Uh, no, <laughs> best be- <laughs> cheeky fuckers. Best before the fourteenth of July, two
0: thousand and thirty-two. Yeah, they know what they're talking about then. <laughs>
1: Um, so anyway. I would
0: assume that it was actually brew. It was released fourteenth of July
1: twenty one. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. Or they put a ten year on it, and it's twenty two. Or ten year after the or year, the- you generally give a beer. Yeah. You give give yeah. a
0: beer a year, and then they give it ten on top of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Gazellig. good beer. Mm. Don't know what Gazellig means. Let's move on to our spotlight. This is going to be not the longest spotlight, not the shortest spotlight. We're 45 minutes in, which I don't know how the fuck we got to 45 minutes before getting to the spotlight. But anyway, um, this is Video Game Pet Peeves. Gazelik is Dutch for pleasant. Okay. okay. You're welcome. Thank you, Google. Well done. Thank you, Google. Uh, yep. me, yeah, I'm going to leave it alone. Um, Video Game Pet Peeves. Our yeah. So this, this we week, have talked about this a little bit before. We but just have, not and I think we've covered this in different different ways over the years. But this, this, and we don't have gran- about- we don't have Grumpy Grandpa to join us for this episode mm. either, which is a bit of a shame because well, yeah, no, so it's there should be also few few for the best, this list would be you know about eight three miles times longer. longer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. This came about literally. Pete and I talking this afternoon about what we were going to record and talk about um, when when Dan said he couldn't join us and uh, because originally the spotlight we have this episode as I'm sure you guys would have guessed would have been us talking all about finishing Jedi Survivor Um, but (laughs) that'll be next time Um, and I said
1: in a surprising package
0: yeah yeah complete surprise to every listener that we were going to do a deep dive dissect of uh, Jedi Survivor doesn't sound like us at all. Um, but no, I, uh, Pete No, I messed this afternoon. He was like, oh, have you got a spotlight? And I was like, well, and I looked in, I've got a little notes app, you know, page there that I have <laughs> the all the things. podcast notes. Podcast
1: notes. I've got the same.
0: And the thing that I had written on the top things were parts of games that make you walk instead of letting you run when you normally go at a run. And it's just like, fuck that. That annoys me. And then recently I've been playing a lot of, you know, uh, mid- Mid to late mm. PS4, like early PS4, like late PS3, PS4 games, and they constantly have you know the guard dog as the enemy that you have to. The only way you can get past the guard dog is to brutally murder this <laughs> innocent animal. Um, and I, sure, ten years ago when I was playing on the PS3 and didn't have a dog, I was like, whatever, didn't I? Didn't phase me. Now being a dog owner, I'm like, it's actually a bit fucked. And I actually don't enjoy it as much as it, you know. I think it's a bitty, a bit of a tired and overused trope. Um, is is was where this thinking came from? And then, lo and behold, uh, we we both had lists, uh, you know, a mile long of things of like, yeah, well, I fucking hate this. I also hate this. <laughs>
1: um, Get peeves in video games. You hate games.
0: this, but I might not hate this, and it's come and that's where we've, we've ended up with. So yeah. Um. Look, we'll we'll start at the top, which was walking sections instead of letting you run. So, you know, normally in a video game, you get to go at least at a trot. Let's say a trot is a trot, the best way to yes. describe it. Um, half jogging, half running, infinite stamina, um, not something I could actually do in real life because, you know, I'd get half halfway down the road and go, Phew, that's, that's a bit tough. Uh, maybe we slow down a bit and go at a, a lovely paced walk. Um, yep. But then you get to somewhere like, a settlement or you go back to your base or
1: you the go- Red in- Dead Redemption, as soon mm. as you're within a kilometre of your fucking home base, you have to walk. Yeah. And, in fact, in fact, there's so many missions. Sorry, I've just, just- No, just jump right me. in. This is exactly Look, this what is, I want. This yes. is triggered. Visceral, visceral fucking hate. <laughs> so, so there's a bunch of missions in order to get the, the gold- uh, Sorry, in order to get the platinum trophy, you need to get a bunch of gold medals in various missions through RDR2. And a lot of those missions are timed. You have to finish the mission in this or you have to finish this segment in a certain amount of time. You have to start in this segment this amount of time. And a lot of them revolve around ending the mission in your home base. But as soon as you get to the perimeter of your base, instead of sprinting or galloping on your horse, you, you slow down to this fucking slow walk. And so, many missions, cross, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so mm. many missions are timed around, well, actually, instead of going to the base, why don't you go all the way around the very edge of the cliff face to enter the base right at the point where their mission ends because that's the only way you can get the gold medal. It's just so fucking annoying. Death Stranding was the same. Death Stranding, there's so many missions where you have to fucking walk at a snail's pace instead of run because you're carrying too much shit on your backpack. It's just yeah. fucking annoying. Well, yeah. oh, I mean, we go back to Sorry, any any on. any sort of those like RPGs, like Skyrim.
0: It's so like you suddenly become over encumbered. You're like,
1: oh, well, encumbrance, I can understand as a cons- as a like a conceptual. Oh, game yeah, mechanic. you think about, but also, totally you think yeah. about different games. Like you think
0: about those RPGs, like Skyrim. Let's perfect example of that, where you, you suddenly go just 0.5 over your hundred liters,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, half a kilo over, and suddenly you're suddenly from running you to, cannot, to like you
0: cannot move faster than a snail's pace. If yeah. you think about, you know, playing a game like, you know, let's let's say Horizon, where it's like, well, I've got full ammo for every single of the 18 weapons I have on me right now.
1: <laughs> and the 18 weapons, where the
0: fuck are they going? Yeah. Like- yeah. And there's there's many funny cartoons in in, you know, especially in like the gaming parody comic world of, you know, a, a link from Legend of Zelda and he's just got this backpack that's just filled with shit. And he's just like, I'm ready to go. It's like, yes, of course, there's that element of, you know, um, belief into like yes this guy can carry 18 bombs on him without having <laughs> that are the size of bowling balls without it slowing him down like yes yeah. there's that disbelief kind of thing but it, yeah, encumbrance is is definitely one of those things that jumps in the thing that w- I think it was mo- for me with the um especially with the idea of like walking sections that when you normally go to run <clears throat> would be like as you said getting back to your home base because if I think about it when I'm getting home
1: that's like, when you're racing the most
0: well, not even that, but when I get into my house, especially in a video game where I can do stupid shit like just drop roll everywhere, jump off something, backflip, whatever, that's the shit I'm going to do in my home base or in my house if I could. Hmm. If I was walking down my hallway and everyone was like, oh, we're going to go out, I'll be like, well, cool, I'm going to wall run around you, see you later, bye-bye. I'm going straight <laughs> to the beer fridge. Like, you know, this is where I do the dumbest shit because yeah. the public isn't there to watch me. Like, why would I do the same in my role-playing game in my home base, like- Yeah, if I want to drop roll into someone a thousand times who's there cooking at the fire, making the stew for everyone because I'm a pest, why can't I do that in in my role-playing game? It's just like suddenly I'm like, no, 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 your homestead's sacred. You can't do any of your silly (laughs) shenanigans shit here, Mr. Game Player. Like, you know, you act normal now. Like, you walk around like it's no one's business. Um, But then there's some games who, like, let you do that shit, but then when you start acting the fool, so I was in a uh <clears throat> actually playing Dishonored the DLC last night. And normally you can go through and you just sneak, just pickpocket everyone, take all their mm. gold. Fuck yeah, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. But if you did it in this home base, all of a sudden everyone went, "Hey, fuck you." And turned on you. And I was like, "Oh, that's actually <laughs> that's actually kind of believable. That's good. Like that's that's okay, <laughs> yeah. I can't be a dick in this homestead like now when you're home." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's that kind of it treat your home with respect, kind of thing. Except it's you know it's a video game, so it's like I'm going to take a shit on the floor and fuck you. <laughs> um, there's nothing you can stop me from doing that. But yeah, it's it's, uh, and I know normally those walking sections they are for story beats. We're and we talked about that this. Later. It's, 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 are we going to get into that 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 later? That, yeah, is that Hell later on? Oh, Hell it is. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I have jumped ahead. Anyway. I have lots of I have lots of walking issues in video games, but we should talk about your dogs. Yes, uh, dogs as enemies was a it's,
0: it's like that late PS3 mid PS4 thing. Every single game had to have a, a a guard dog element to it. German Shepherd, usually a German Shepherd or some wolfhound looking thing, and it's just like a it's it's you know it's um, it's a negative stereotype that doesn't need to be perpetrated in, in- Unless it's a pit bull, an American
1: pit bull, which is a stereotype that should be Yes reinforced. and no. A lot of- uh, And this is a bigger topic that we probably yeah, get into. There's some <laughs> political implications to
0: that, really, these yeah, days. Yeah, but a lot a lot of that comes down to the way the dog is treated. And a lot of those dogs are abused in whatever lifestyle they're doing. Like we, we had a German Shepherd live down the street from us, and it was a rescue after working- um, either some sort of military or police. And it was it was fucking like traumatized to the shit. Like you couldn't walk past it without it going off. And it's like, that's not that poor fucking dog's fault.
1: And yet um, I've met some some absolutely gorgeous long haired German shepherds before. Yeah, so yeah.
0: yeah. They are but a protective I, breed the, and that's why they get used for those kind of those with the American
1: Pipples, I would have a different conversation about if we were talking about those. Luckily, we're
0: not a we're not. pet yeah. behavioralist podcast. I'm not going to go right into that. So, we're not going to, yeah. but we're not sort of, yeah, but it's, it's still that stereotype of savage dog attack. It's like yeah. most dogs don't want to, uh, don't want to do that. They just want to come up and say hi, wag their tail, and hopefully get some food off you, some, some treats. Yes. Yeah. A treat yeah. would be delightful. Yeah. Um, I've been a good boy. Yeah, 100%. And I I do the same thing. I wag my tail and go, I've been a good boy too. And they go, Tom, please stop. Get out of my house. And I go, yeah, okay. Weird, yeah. Um, yes, very weird. But no, it's um, it's, it's it just feels a bit lazy these days, especially. Uh, there hasn't been too many recently. I the, the, so no, when, but I've uh, having gone back and
1: seen how many video games used it in that. I'm kind sure of there's like, an Uncharted fucking link there, and I'm sure there's there's dogs in Uncharted.
0: Oh, in almost. And every Far Cry game. and oh, Far Cry used every single animal known to man. Don't you worry, it wasn't just dogs. That that was actually the best part about them. But it was um.
1: Yeah like uh but the last of playing- us 2 definitely played definitely had german shepherds in it yes uh and playing dishonored
0: they have these wolfhounds in it and then before that you know playing through well i was playing through far cry and then also playing through um wolfenstein and it was just mm-hmm. but it was i think it was the thing that got me was just like the unnecessary kill animations for them like yeah it was but that was the thing that got me more than stabbing a dude in the neck. It was just like yeah, you right. grab the dog while it's sleeping and stab it. It's like, oh, that's a bit fucking rough. Oh, wow. But you creep okay. up behind a dude who's like sitting in a chair, stabbing the throw. It's like, oh, well, he deserved it. He was a Nazi. Yeah, um, yeah I think that was the thing that got me. Yeah, and interesting. Was, okay. Yeah, I found it as the more I got through the bunch of these old games that I'd never played and, you know, maybe full on me for not playing them earlier, but it was just kind of like going through them now, It's just like, oh, that's just lazy. Unnecessary and. Unnecessary and, and and lazy game mechanic trope. It's yep. Like, you don't need yep. a guard dog in this. You could just have, I don't know, like, just have another roving human guard. Like, they're just yeah, the same yeah. in terms of, like, the mechanic of the gameplay. It's just like- Oh,
1: I think- So, so it's interesting you say that. Last of Us 2, the dogs pissed me off because- You were playing a stealth game, you were hiding in the grass, and the dogs could sniff you out in the grass. Mm. So, mechanically, it actually made a lot of sense. There was a reason to have the dogs in the game.
0: No, and the dogs usually can smell you out, but it's just like, they, yeah, I don't don't know. I'd rather, I guess it came from me, obviously being a dog owner, being like, I'd, you'd rather rather kill a a person
1: than, yeah, than a dog. Yeah, I agree. The next one we talked about a couple of episodes (laughs) ago, which was the uh, tinnitus or tinnitus yeah. kind of recreations in games that, that's a pet hate for you because you have tinnitus, you suffer from tinnitus?
0: Well, uh, did I tell you I went to the doctor about this? No. I went to a hearing specialist. Okay. So it was post-COVID I really had this really bad tinnitus. Went to the, do- the ear specialist and they took a look and they did them uh, look through my ears and they go, hmm. there's no abnormal scarring, there's nothing wrong with your eardrum. They go, but there's been a bunch of people aged, you know, uh, 25 to 40 who have come in post-COVID who had this really bad tinnitus. And they're just like, it goes away eventually. Wow. It's like, cool, thanks. Wow, okay. So that's where that came from. Um, <laughs> this is
1: the hearing episode because uh, <laughs> I, I talked about mine, my, my ear doctor earlier and I I have suffered from a different kind of tinnitus than the most, like the typical presentation, which is the, the ringing sound. I hear... Yeah. Like surf sounds, like really oh, loud yeah, yeah, white yeah. noise, and I've had dreams that have been white noise dreams, so loud and that they've gotten scary and woken me up as if it was a nightmare, and it was just from white noise sounds in my ears, hmm. and yet have recently gone to an ear doctor and said everything was fine. So apparently, it's this oh. weird post COVID thing.
0: Yeah, it's so it was. But it's it, but in cat, there's a cat there. Um. That's an enemy. Uh, you know, don't stab that in the throat. Like, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, punch him in the throat sometimes, but no, I'm not gonna
0: stab him in the throat. But yeah, so like, but that tinnitus, like, when it when it was happening to me, it was savage. I can only imagine someone trying to play any sort of any form of shooter game
1: with actual tinnitus. And the man, go on the, the Reddit. It's the it, pain it causes they must feel. Yeah. But, but but it's not just pain, it's also anxiety that so, so. Oh, you didn't know um, when it was going to happen. Yeah, a lot of people suffer from the from an anxiousness that their tinnitus is about to kick in, even if it's not. So, apart from from suffering from the actual ringing in their ears and the inability to sleep or function or think. Yeah. They also suffer from anxiety that it's about to strike, even when it's not. That's why I and think so- it was such a good thing for um,
0: those accessibility uh, changes to games they brought in. They, they they had an
1: option to reduce that tinnitus sound. So the next, next fucking pet peeve that I have mm. is, is, is all about walking. We're going to spend a lot of time walking in this fucking spotlight. No, well, let's not get into walking simulators. Those games I've played, the ones we- you are no. forced to only Lord go of the, the Rings walks. video games. Yeah, no. Uh, we're we're talking more about missions. We can simply not walk <laughs> into Mordor. Missions where you have to follow or escort uh, an NPC,
0: fucking NPC, either the slowest or the fastest absolute dickheads in the universe.
1: They're always the slowest. You have to go from A to B, and and that fucker. Or walks they go, we we'll meet slow. you there,
0: and then all of a sudden they teleport.
1: I'm cool with that because I can skip no, all the bullshit um, in between. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with the teleporting. It's it's the you cannot walk too fast or they're behind you and it and you fail the mission. That's Red Dead Two, or
0: they or you walk. get
1: too far behind them and you fail the mission. Yep, yep. Or you walk so your walk pace is slower than their walk pace. Yeah, but. But then you got to run and you outrun them instantly. So you end up in this awkward stop, start, stop, start while this fucker walks. And that was all of, uh, um, oh, gosh. What was the Japanese RPG uh, game that we all fucking loved that happened all the time in that game? The the game set in Japan, um, Ghost uh, of of Tsushima. Thank you. Ghost of Tsushima was like that. There was so many escort missions where hmm. your your walk was slower than his walk. Your run was so much faster than his, and you ended up in this stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Or they got on a horse, and up, then they got stuck behind a tree,
0: and then you had to go back and, like, circle around them so they could be pushed oh, from behind the tree. Because yeah. like, they had this, the, like, tank circumference around them that they yeah, had to. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so, so any mission where you have to escort uh, an NPC and their travel mm. pace is shit. Uh, drove me fucking nuts, usually because they're too slow.
0: Um, Not 90% of the time, it is just, yeah, you you go, cool, I know exactly where we need to go, and you expect the game to go like- Let's
1: just get there, motherfucker.
0: Let's get there, but if we're bringing this person with them, they're going to jump with you. Yep, yep. And then there's the, the other missions that I think are more frustrating than just walking someone are the ones where it's just like, halfway along the way, we're going to run into some enemies you do need to defend oh. your character from. Yeah. And dare not go too far, otherwise your enemy, who's very slow, and your the enemy you need to fight, are literally just waiting for that person to walk into section. <laughs> yeah, that person, oh, not yeah. you. That yeah. person. So you can't trigger it early. To you can't even get rid of run ahead. Them. That's
1: yeah. right. Yeah. Um. So that shits me. The 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 whole law dump on the the mission while walking shits me because which is where normally
0: those slow walking segments come in. They just want to do a, an exposition. an ex.
1: Expo- Expo,
0: uh, Exposé. That's the one. Um, dump on you. Or, like, yeah, they want to tell a big chunk of story while you guys walk from Temple A to
1: Temple B. But the story is always, it's, like, it's... Usually it's, personal. So, in, it's in RDR2, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in RDR2, it'd be like, I'm going to tell you three quarters of the story before, and then we're going to get there hmm. to the destination <clears> and you're never going to hear the end of the story. Or... I'm going to tell you 100% of the story at three quarters of the way there and it's going to be awkward silence for the rest of the trip. Mm -hmm. It's just poorly scripted all the way through. Or I'm going to stop in the middle of my story to fight the random encounter that crossed the road Mm. and then after the random encounter, I'm going to wait five seconds of awkward silence and then just re-enter the story like nothing happened. So there were a few games that combated this recently.
0: Um, So... Uh, in terms of like trying to avoid story dumps, if I wanted to play Sui style and not listen to a single aspect of the story <laughs> whatsoever, um, yep. the most fuck recent or
1: I'm just here for the trophy.
0: Exactly the most the most recent Far Cry <laughs> games have been really good at like if you skip the entire conversation when they're telling you what's happening for a mission, they go, "All right, you've got things to do. Fuck you!" And they like they they get a bit offended and they go, "But whatever, do the thing, the fetch quest you need to do for me." Um, God of War in the boat or when you were travelling around and, like, Mimir would tell you a story. But mm. if you hopped out mid-story, he'd go, going to take a pause.
1: Then when you go back in but the boat- we'll pick a- up the story when we're back. Yeah, yeah. I As like I was the way I they saying, uh,
0: You know, you bumble through this and you bumble through that, um, which that was that was very, very clever.
1: That was quite um, seamlessly delivered, actually. They did a good was, job on, it on God it was of War. It very, very One well. and two.
0: Yeah, and then um, oh, there was another game I had which it did the same thing and it'd be like you're running along with someone, oh, it'd be in my list of recent games and I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but it'd be like you'd fight along and then they go, hold that thought, you'd do the fight, and then they'd actually go, as I was saying, and it'd be like either over the phone. Oh, actually, it was, it was in Far Cry again, in the later Far Cry games. It'd be like you've like someone randomly calls you and goes, hey, I need to do this mission, and you hmm. go, hang on one second. Brrrr. Sorry, what was that? Um, you know, and it goes it kind like really lifelike, like that. It'd be like you know, yeah. It'd be like us talking on the phone. And then I go, hey, Pete, just hang on one second. I'll be all right. Yeah. What do you want? Yep. Cool. Don't. Care. I'll be right cool. back. Thank you. What and, do you want, and, Emma? And, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was. Be, it's so that's actually turned around, which I think is very clever from game developers to realize that not all of us have the time of day to listen to long winding stories as we walk along at a snail's pace. We want to get through the main story mostly. Um, And that'd be also like a lot of those games going, the feedback online, like aspect of thing. And like, they get to see those stats of how many people actually stopped and listened to character X talk about this or character Y talk about that. And then they go, oh, cool. Like if we can make it a quicker exchange of information.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not a huge fan of... of some of these things, like it's extra lore. A lot of the time, it's not even core storyline messaging. No, it's just, yet. it's extra lore and it's kind of forced down your throat in that sense. So, mm. yeah, that can be annoying. I'm going to move on to the, my, the next pet peeve I have is really around cutscenes. And there's two think it's styles
0: of. I think it's a burning it is for that lives in all of us.
1: Yeah. Just unskippable cutscenes. If I have to watch the cutscene more than Especially once. Especially after you've already watched it once and then you've died. Yep. Yeah, drives it me fucking nuts Ugh. having a slow walk through that shit. If if it's nothing content, prepares
0: you more for a boss fight than having to watch their and and the one the of the lead best, in the one of the best times. memes I've ever seen about it was the um uh the Scarlet Witch versus Thanos and he's been like I have no idea who you are and she's like you took everything from me and it's like you're Thanos. Like she's the the villain, and it's just like because you keep skipping that un- that cut scene of the <laughs> yeah. of the him like the villain yeah. like doing that yeah. speech,
1: yeah. It just it yeah, all that reminds me of the end of the first Doctor Strange. Like, can we just skip through the bullshit of like killing me? <laughs> yeah. Um, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, so unskippable cut scenes. If I if I'm not interacting with the game, don't force me to fucking watch it at your pace. Yes. End of conversation. Um, and the other
0: you know, it's actually more frustrating I think than unskippable cutscenes in a game it's having certain cutscenes that are unskippable when others are because they lead you in with a false sense of security thinking you can get through <laughs> this fucking bullshit yeah. so Dishonored yeah. Dishonored 2 which I've just been playing is a perfect example of that there's certain cutscenes you can't and you have to go through like the I gotta walk through the journey of this fucking character and you go from yeah, blah 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 and it's just blah, like and then you blah, get blah, stuck blah. in a cutscene, you're like, skip,
1: skip. I've already um, this is my third playthrough. I've already nope. seen
0: this. I do can't not care. skip that
1: shit. Nope. Can't, can't skip that shit. Nope. nope, not this time. Uh the other thing is um cutscenes you can't pause. Mm. So it's the opposite end of the spectrum, but sometimes there's storyline cutscenes. Right when bladder strikes, and you're just like, "Or the door knocks, or something happens," and you just want to be able to pause that shit. Yeah. And there are some games out there mm-hmm. where they're they're unpausable cutscenes, yeah. or the pause button skips the cutscene. So it's the complete opposite end of that that kind of gripe. As a,
0: it's it's just not thinking about like the real people life of are gamers. living
1: yeah. real lives yeah. while playing video games. Yeah. Hmm. My last two points. Oh, I did point one, and then point two. I point one. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna roll them into each other. So, games where you can't choose some difficulty levels until you hmm. finish the game. So, you can't play Jedi. I th- I'm pretty sure both Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order. You can't play the, the final the grand master level without having without finishing through. the game yeah. first. It's like mm. I no, I'm not a princess. I I'm pretty I'm a I'm a big boy. I can I can choose if I've got big boy pants on. I shouldn't have to play the whole game the first time around. That is yeah,
0: that is true. Normally I I mean I'm I'm just one of those people who I know that normal is the level the developer picks. Like yep. so, that's why I always I always play the game first. If especially if it's got multiple playthroughs, I always play for the first one normal because I was just like I want to see how the developer wanted to play it. Um, the prime example for me of listening to the developer and not being able to go into the absolute hardest level first for me is still going to be Doom 2016 and the US UAC Nightmare, um, mm-hmm. which is that one that like you know Dan I think is still impressed that I finished that first mission on Nightmare. I could never have played the game on that. Like, mm. it's literally, like, it's two hits and you're dead. Um, or, like, those there's permadeath modes and stuff. It's just, like, you know that they're thinking as a developer that <clears throat> no matter how good you are, you know that anyone playing a permadeath mode is going to get, like, maybe their fourth death through and go, fuck this, I'm
1: never playing this again. Like, you know.
0: And I get that kind of thing. I think permadeath is probably the exception to that rule.
1: Um but I, but agree I also and- think, I think stupid difficulty is not an excuse for... It's it's not additional content either. And I think it should be discouraged from developers to treat it as if, oh, here's more content for these guys. I'll just ramp up the the damage you take uh, and, I don't and actually, reduce the damage. Uh, oh, I don't know if I agree with that because
0: I, I think it really does... Like if you ramp up the the settings on everything and make it, you know, an enemy super hyper aware or super hard nightmare to beat, difficulty. Yeah, like I actually don't know if that's if I know you wouldn't consider it a different game, but I it's definitely no, it's, a different style of game play
1: that you have to consider. I just don't think you need to put it behind a wall mm. where I have to have already played the game once through to get there. Now, there mm. aren't many games that require you to play it on top-tier difficulty to get the platinum trophy. And you have to have played the game on a previous difficulty to get to that uh, top second playthrough yeah, that's, di- that's a
0: different story yeah yeah yeah
1: but there are a couple of games that are like mm-hmm. that where you have to play it two times through so uh force unleashed two from from memory yes you but have have to- every difficulty
0: but the if you played it on one and then you played it on the highest it's stacked
1: yeah but you have to play it two times through yes to get the platinum and to me, it was like, why lock the di- most difficult difficulty behind a wall? That's just just seems stupid to me. There's no there's no storyline reason for it. It was a developer choice and purely a developer choice. Yeah, I, I literally think it's 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 trying to get people
0: into it. It's it's trying to get people to go, oh, cool. I did that the first time. I thought it was easy. Oh, sweet. I'll try the the challenge mode and see if, how good I am.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe I just yeah. I don't. I, I, It's a pet peeve of mine. I don't understand why you need to do it that way. The last one is kind of linked but not. Hmm. Missable trophies. Yes. I just don't understand the need to build missable trophies into your games in 2023 when... Like most open game, like most games these days, have kind of open exploration mode at the end after you finish the game. They it's already yeah, yeah. a narrative breaker. <sighs> Jedi Survivor was a narrative breaker at the end of the game. Some stuff's happened. You There's can go no back reason- to the,
0: every planet, every everything. Yeah. There's no
1: reason why six months after the fact you would be having the same scripted story conversations with the same main characters to talk about most recent events that happened six months prior. So you're already breaking that kind of continuity. Hmm. Why have any missable trophies at all? The only ones I get that through and the only
0: ones that really annoy me with that, because I'm actually not, usually not too annoyed by that, um, uh, the ones where like Evil West is the perfect example, where I couldn't turn around in if I literally went past the thing and then turned around and saw the shiny thing and went, oh. I need to go back and grab that, but I couldn't jump up this ledge when I could punch uh, through a vampire's face. It's Like, <laughs> that breaks the character for me, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah, those those really super linear, like, uh, gameplay style um, games where you just, like, if you don't pick it up on your first time through, you have to replay the whole thing, and it's just kind of like,
1: cool. Why? You, you yeah, just, that just it doesn't seems, add anything to the
0: game. It just, yeah, but especially when I can see it when I turn around. So it's like kind of like a "fuck you." It's like, oh well, hey pal, I, I, you should have had that thought ten seconds prior. Yeah, so I didn't check behind that waterfall that one time, but you know, then on my second time through, I can check, and now I get it. It's just like, well, all right, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm That's another I mean, I, I, overused I, 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 trope, too, is the fucking every, every waterfall in every game has something behind it.
0: Yeah, but now like, it's kind of like a, a, for me, it's almost like a, a second response. Yeah, yeah. The amount of times yeah, I, walk totally. around, I walk around a space and be like, like Guardians of the Galaxy. I know where all the shit's going to be hidden. Guardians of the Galaxy, that Square Enix one's a perfect example where you start walking down a path and rockets yelling at you, being like, can't go that way, man. Don't do it. It's not worth it. And I go, you, you know I that's know, the I way you how need a to developer go. Works. <laughs> yeah. And I go down the end and I find the thing, and he goes, Did you find anything? He's like, not really. He goes, Yeah, I fucking told you so. But that's yeah. the game pointing fun of itself, which is which yeah. is fun. Yeah. <clears throat> but yes. I, I I don't find missable trophies as I guess annoying as I think I probably would. Um especially but especially if they they are. I guess like Survivor's like the the perfect example where it's like that's a bad example of
1: like somewhere where you would have a missable trophy. It's like There's only one missable trophy in Survivor. Yes, and this is the th- one
0: that Dan has to get. Yes.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that you you could have you could have easily invented a better trophy and just not had that as a trophy at all.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm thinking more exploration ones. Um, especially in big RPGs where it's like there's nothing worse than being in a big RPG and you have, like, a certain area that gets, like, obliterated and then suddenly you can go back and explore it in a, like, slightly different way, but you sure. can't get to, like, one thing. It's like, so my dude can cut a dragon in half, but he can't break that little bit of, like, yeah, debris apart. Yeah, you're practically un- to, in-
1: yeah. In- you're not omnipotent. omnipotent, omnipotent yep. by the end. Jesus, it's the fucking 12% beer kicking in. Mm. You're, you're practically omnipotent. By the end of eight of most video games, and yeah. yet you can't go back and do something simple like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. There was actually one of the, one of the best memes I've seen recently was um, <laughs> it's Cal talking to BD, and he's like, "Oh shit, bud, this door's closed," and he's like booping it, being like, "Can't get through there." And then it's just the Force goes to Qui Gon, being like, "Cut through it. Just put your lightsaber to it. <laughs> do what I did in Episode Stand One. At. You idiot." Nope. <laughs> We yeah, look, there, there are GMO plenty of Survivor. like and we 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 will will never stop talking about them. The amount of pet peeves we have with with video games. Um we'll also never stop playing them. Um True. That is 100% true. true. Um but yes, there are there are certain things I think can grow up but um uh which we talked about. Um and look, the next time I play a game where I have to walk instead of going at my usual trot, I will uh I'm, I'm gonna heavily tweet at the uh, the game designer,
1: <laughs> the game developers. Yeah. Fuck you!
0: I might have even threaded them, I might just hit them <laughs> on two fronts like a pincer attack. <laughs> like, Get those, Cop
1: caught this, you fuckers! It's funny you talk about game designers. I watched a uh, uh, it was a random video that got offered to me on YouTube based on the algorithm, and it was please, sir, have this random video. Yeah, it was a speed run of a Hitman level, and the game developer of the Hitman level was responding to it, and she's like. She watched this thing and she's like, Yeah, that, that level took a year to develop and it was a it was a sixty second video. Man, speedrunners are a
0: next level, next
1: level form was less of humanity. Than 60 yeah. I'm I'm sure it was like I, it was six seconds. He took six seconds to defeat a hitman level that took mm. her a year to develop, or her and her team.
0: There I'm is sure actually, talking about speedrunners, and I didn't bring this up in the news because I don't know how much it really applies to us, but there is a um, the Australian Speedrunners like marathon conference coming up in the next week or so, um, and it goes over like five days, but if anyone wants to watch it, they are doing a bunch of donarities. Uh, donarities? Donarities? I just combined donations Donaris? and charities into the one <laughs> word. <laughs> wow i am a genius uh no they're doing a bunch of donations to charities for research into cancer treatments so if you want to sponsor right. someone who does a speed run that you know of and like watching someone like i i love watching zelda speedrunners. i just i don't know why i just think they're they're geniuses the way they think about like the way to break those those games um but yeah there's there's five days of it coming up um and yeah you can put some some coin towards a good cause so there you go that's my little last little bit before we get into peter Are you winning, son?
1: I have, yeah, I have very recently won Jedi Survivor, but we're going to reserve that for a whole episode. Yes. That's all I have played in the last three weeks uh, is Jedi Survivor, but what's more interesting is what's next for me. So I've got Red Dead Redemption 2 to finish, obviously, and I'm only in Chapter 3 of 8. Still? Still? Oh, I guess you did play 3 of 5 Sorry, that's very rude of me. Yeah, no, I, I stopped. Um, but the question is, do I go back to that or do I go into... So I'm, I'm, I've am I'm, decided I'm going to buy an Xbox Series X for Starfield. Yes. And there is one Xbox exclusive game that I really, really, really wanted to play that I'm thinking maybe I should play now in the lead up to Starfield. And that high is on Life. High on Life. They're just so about to
0: I, release a DLC for it, which is horror-themed as well. I know they are. So, mm. I'm
1: thinking I'm thinking, my next game's going to be Iron Life. Okay. But maybe- Nadia 2 is going to be one of those games- Put it I on just, the back burner? Just yeah, something you come I just, back to? I just slowly play <clears throat> while I'm really pissed and just need something to just sit back and well, enjoy I mean, the beauty guess, of. Well, I mean, especially
0: the way you talk about how you're playing it in mm. that you- are taking it super slow. You yeah. are just going through
1: everything. Just exploring the world yeah, and yeah, just yeah. enjoying the sunsets. And, yeah, yeah, I really am. Yep. Hmm. So uh, I suspect my next my next game is going to be high on life. Ooh, fat controller and all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hmm. Um, because they're about to bump the price of the, the Xbox Series X in Australia, I think, end of this month, so yep. we said. Yeah, so- we talked about that, yeah. But you know, jacking the price fifty bucks and eight hundred dollars consoles neither here nor there. It's just yeah, it's well, they're also updating the price of um, Game Pass the, as well. Yeah, yeah, the the ongoing subscription fees. Yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. even looked into what that requires or Play-offs, what I care eight, eight, about.
0: Or, Eighteen bucks a month, I don't think if you want that.
1: They are having a. I don't a, want that. Sale, so it's sale. going to be whatever is the minimum cost to play the fucking. They are games having a sale soon
0: for new subscribers, which is uh, the dollar. The dollar you pay a dollar to join up. You get a month for a dollar.
1: Okay. I'll send you the link. Please. Well done, Tom. Well done, Tom. Tom, are you winning, son? Oh yes, I'm. Um. um
0: I'm enjoying what I'm playing at the moment. I'm going through the Dishonored series. Which I've never played them. They're older games. Uh, Dishonored 1 was PS3. I, I briefly talked about it last episode. Mm, you did. Um, Dishonored 2 is the sequel to that. Um, I I haven't enjoyed Dishonored 2 as much as I enjoyed Dishonored 1. Um, definitely, uh, for those who, who want to get the platinum of it, and I can hear Dan crawling into himself as I say that, Um, you have to do the two playthroughs. So you do a high chaos playthrough and a low chaos playthrough. High chaos is kill everyone, kill everything. If it moves, kill it. Stab it in the face. Fucking deserves it. Low chaos is um, the way I play it to do the minimal playthroughs is is don't be seen by an enemy and um, don't kill anyone. So it's a completely clean hands playthrough. Um, The pacifist. Absolute pacifist playthrough. So, yeah, you yep. try not to be seen by any kind of soldier. Um, the soldiers have four levels of awareness. You, you can't hit level four. You can hit, like, one, two, or three. Yep. Um, uh, you can't- you Sounds can like people,
1: an MGSM game.
0: Or you can put, like, this is the thing, because you can choke people MGS. out.
1: MGS. No, just MGS. Sorry.
0: Metal Gear Solid, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, you can choke people out, but if you leave them in certain spots, the rats will eat them, and that counts as a kill. Yeah. <laughs> And you're not allowed to kill you not allowed to kill anyone. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you've got to like place <laughs> them on great. tables or place them on beds or place them Away online. from the rats. Basically, because yeah. yeah, in the first game, know. this is massive rat plague. And so rats are killing everyone. And then in the second game, it's it's less. But then they have a new enemy, which is like these flying like mosquitoes that burrow into people and burst them from the inside. Horribly graphic, but fantastic. Um yeah. And playing through both games, very similar. Like, they don't really change much in this style of gameplay. The only thing in the difference in the second one is you get to play as Corvo, who's the guy you play in the first one. Um, you also get to play as his daughter, Emily, who's the Empress, who is a child in the first one. And she has different magical powers that you do um, through, you know, uh, if you accept the uh, help from the like God of the game. <clears throat> and then. Um, yeah, otherwise it's the only thing that this second one really improves on is the verticality of the 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 gameplay. So there's a yep. lot more higher spaces to go. Um uh and and like the enemies are roughly the same. They bring in a new style of enemy, which is like can see back and forth. It's a like robot that can see back and forth at times. So it's like, oh shit, if I need to be not spotted at all. Hmm how the fuck am i going to take this guy out. Cause he can, I can't just creep up from behind and stab it in the, like the engine to stop it. Yeah. It's like, I have to be like peering out from a bookcase here, throw a grenade and run around over here and throw a grenade over there and explode it. And it's like, so that was a lot more fun. Um, and as someone who people can attest to is a bit of a Leroy Jenkins, just loves running in and blowing shit up. <laughs> like weirdly Something found the stealth isn't? side of it so much more enjoyable to play. Um, so, yeah, playing through one and two, you have to do a, yeah, the, the kill everyone, the pacifist run, and then there's another run you need to do, which is the no powers run. Mm-hmm. So you, like, your none of your god powers work. And the main one you use is a teleport. So, you know, if, if Pete's walking down his hallway and I'm there going, fuck, uh, he's going to catch me when he walks in here, I can go, oh, there's a bookcase. I'll teleport up to the bookcase on the top and then creep down yeah. and be like, no one's see Pete. Don't look. Don't look up. Don't look up. Don't look up. Don't look up.
1: Yeah, I've um, got to say that that is one like meta challenge trophy I would actually enjoy in a video game. Is your protagonist never gets seen by the bad guys? Yeah, it's
0: in like a There's whole, a lot of in a you whole You get whole play through a through. section.
1: You get through a section. You go quick save,
0: and hope for the best. And then you in check a whole playthrough
1: yeah. never been seen or never never hit the <laughs> alarm. I would actually play that. Oh, that would it's be super enjoyable, really cool. and I
0: really recommend. It. And I think
1: they're both on um, plus. That's extra an old, yeah. So that's an old uh, Assassin's Creed or Thief playthrough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 100%, just yeah. never be seen by bad guys. Never yeah. raise the alarm once. No, and and I like but, the old Thief games for that. You had to hide the bodies that you you, you and dropped. you can do that
0: in this. You can pick up your bodies and put them out of the way, so there's never discovered, and it's all that kind of thing. Yep. And it's like, yep. But as someone who's never really been into that. It was a challenge, but also a really fun challenge. Um, but I definitely enjoyed it more in the first one than I did the second one. I, I think I definitely enjoyed the story in the first one. The second, the sequel story was kind of like basically a rehash from two different points of view. Um, yeah, okay. There's one fun mission where you lose your powers for story reasons, um, but you get the ability to like um, – change time stances. So you get to move three years in the future or three years in the past. So if an enemy is coming towards you, you can just go boop, and then you're back in the past and walk past them and then boop back into the time they're in and. Yeah. In the wow. Net. So that was kind of fun. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So platinum, both of those. So that is platinum 97 and 98 on my yeah, journey fun. to a hundred. Um, so there's a DLC uh, expansion for that based on one of the characters in two. Oh, the voice cast. I
1: does have to talk about as, the voice cast. Yeah, does not count as ninety nine. So what's ninety nine? No, it does. No. It's a full game. It's a it's a it's expansion. A, yeah, it's a
0: it's a twenty hour twenty hour like campaign. You have to play it twice to go through it. Like yeah, right. Yeah, it's actually okay. like it's actually a full. It's game good to talk about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Fuck. So yeah, now that's one counting it. Otherwise, it would have been Trek to Yomi, which is that side scroller samurai game yeah, yeah. Dan talked about. Yep. But the voice cast for both of these games, if I can rattle some names off, in number one, Susan Sarandon just plays a random NPC, like a (laughs) random NPC you deal with. Um, Carrie Fucking Fisher, Jesus, plays a random announcer voice. I don't know where they got the fucking coin for that.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: fuck. So this is the first game when it was like you know Arcane Studios, which uh, they've done some games and stuff, but mm. I don't know if they where they got this. But the second one, so the main person you deal with is voiced by Rosario Dawson. The um, main villain, uh, sorry, the second boss, like the second from the yeah. top boss, um, villain is Vincent D'Onofrio. Um Jesus the- Christ. It gets better. Um, one of the other dudes you deal with, who's like a significant character, is uh, Pedro Pascal. Um, and then uh, a bunch of the other like voices are like like Michael Madsen's involved in <laughs> one of them. Like, there's all. I was like, holy fuck! Like looking through this IMDb list of voices,
1: let's spend you, a million dollars on unknown like video game voices.
0: Yeah, yeah. They just yeah. They got these these names, yeah, right. and wow. you can tell that also. You can tell. Vincent D'Onofrio is literally practicing his Daredevil voice in this to be <laughs> Kingpin. Like, Kingpin, yeah, yeah. Pedro's just Pedro. Um, Susan Sarandon is literally just a crazy Susan Sarandon, so that was great. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, Rosario Dawson like has such a main role that she's just like eases into it, and she knows that she's like a titular character. So yeah, it was it was really fun to find. Like, and you you play that thing, and you like. Is that Pedro Pascal? And you, go to <laughs> and you go, holy shit, it is Pedro Pascal. Holy shit, that's great. That's crazy, man. Um, but yes, so I'm going to start the expansion. I s- briefly started last night, but I was I was pretty tired and a little bit pissed by the time I started and finished Dishonored 2, so I'll leave that. And then all roads lead to uh, Skyrim, and I cannot wait. I'm now just like- Pure 100th need- Platinum. 100th Platinum, and I just- now I'm at that stage where I just really want to smash through this, you know, Death of the Outsider uh, expansion just so I can get to Skyrim. I'm so keen to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that first scene of just, oh, you're awake. Like, I Such like a it.
1: good fucking game, yeah. man. Such a good
0: game. So, yeah, very excited. Can't wait. That'll be me, uh, you know, 100 plus hours in the next couple of right. weeks. Yeah. And yep, I've got nice. a week of leave coming up in the middle of that. So,
1: even better. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There's think- there's a couple of games coming up that I'm I'm seriously considering whether I take a week off for. Yeah. Um, Star Citizen is one. Starfield. Star Citizen, Starfield. <laughs> Jesus, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep doing very that? All different the same style game. of game? They're all the same game. Star Citizen, Starfield, fucking Elite okay. Dangerous.
0: Yes. Uh, no. Frontier. Is
1: it Frontier?
0: Not sure the front same, time. not the same style of game at all.
1: I know, I know. Anyway, you're confusing the plebs. Don't do that. <laughs> I think that's all I have to say for this episode. So I think that's where we're going to.
0: Oh, so Starfield's the only game you're continuing cont- contemplating taking time off for, or were there more games to that list?
1: No, no, that is the only game okay, that I'm good. seriously ta- it's, thinking it's of excellent. taking a week off for. Yeah, perfect. It's the only thing coming up that I can really think of that I'm. Super excited for Spider Man. Yeah, mm. I'm excited for that because it might be. I, I, no, it's not the only game I'm excited for, but it's the only game I'm excited enough to take a week off for.
0: I mean, it's it's. I I think it's one of those unwritten rules with like a big RPG like that. You kind of need a week at the start. Like yeah. it should be like, you know, people. But if like, it promises you, if a, if of a public holiday falls on it, the Tuesday, everyone's like, well, you might as well take the Monday. Take the it's Monday. It's like the same yeah, thing. Don't be like a, yeah. yeah. I totally think it should agree. be the same thing with like a big RPG like, it's like oh it comes out on the Thursday. Take an extra couple of days off. Yeah. You yeah. deserve it. You need yeah. it.
1: Yeah. I'm out for the Wednesday, the Friday and probably the Monday. Yeah. 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 100%. Totally agree. I think that's the end of the episode. I think Tom. that's us. That is us. I think that is us. Yeah. Uh grumpy grandpa hasn't really I don't think we've given him much reason to be shitty with us this episode, so. Oh, I'm sure we have. I'm sure <laughs> it's the fact you keep calling him Grumpy Grandpa when he's not here is probably like the first. That's actually a, yeah. I think it's a really good <clears throat> new nickname for him, just quietly. Mm. So we'll see so what Ninja
0: Yeah, no, he's not here this week.
1: Um, <laughs> Did you say Ninja or Minja then? Because both work.
0: We'll never know.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. If Thank you've you got very this much. Far. You short-er, have a good rest of your short-er week. or episode.
0: Yeah. And, you know. Yes. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being you. That's it. Um, and enjoy you good do, beer. You boo. Enjoy yes. good beer. That's the most important thing. Peace out, you fuckers. Signing off.